Greetings, everyone. I'm Bill. I'm Adam. And I'm Danielle. And this is the Distant Geeks Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on any past episodes if you have. Um, as you know, we usually have a, a few different segments that we do in this, this uh, program. We normally start with what you doing. And we also, uh, this week, we're going to actually mix things up and we're going to actually do a different segment than the news this week. And then, of course, we have our topic du jour. Our topic du jour this week is going to be, (laughs) we call it second verse greater than the first. I was kind of to go a play on the, um, oh, the the Henry the the Eighth I am. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I was trying to go out of play. Yes, second verse greater than the first. Um, This basically is going to be an episode about covers and remakes and sequels and, um, we're going to kind of give examples of ones that we kind of think are, they stand out and we like, we may not necessarily think they're better than the original. Some we might, but <laughs> you know, we just wanted to show some of our love for that. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and get started with what you doing. So Adam this week, what you doing? Well, uh, one big, uh, hopefully improvement. I, uh, moved my, uh, modem and router downstairs uh, where my computer is. You guys may have noticed, listeners, uh, that there have been times uh, when I when my voice cuts out. Um, that was because of an unstable internet connection. Uh, like I said, I'm in a basement, and previously my router modem all-in-one device was up on the main floor. Um, so hopefully with a wired connection now, that will become a thing of the past. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah. this, at this point, we've actually had pretty good connections. So, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed. So, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that'll be a, a good thing. Um, another big thing uh, I think we've, we've briefly touched on before. Um, mental health is super important to us. Just, you know, the three of us. Absolutely. But yep. uh, I, uh <clears throat> I have some anxiety issues that I've been struggling with the last year or so. Um, so last week, actually, I started seeing a therapist for that, um, you know, doing the telehealth thing. Cause it, you know, we're still kind of in, in the middle of this whole coronavirus deal, but um, yeah, started, started seeing a, a new therapist and um, I've only had a couple of sessions so far, so not really too far into it, but um, he did tell me about some different, um, sort of awareness techniques and just sort of some calming, um, exercises. So I think it definitely can be a good thing, um, going forward. So, yeah. I mean, um, I'm proud of you, Adam. Yes. A good first step is just getting the help you need, you know? So, yeah. And yeah. Anybody listening, if, you know, if you struggle with anything mental health wise, um, yeah, we just, we just encourage you to, um, seek help because, you know, it might not seem like a big deal at first, but things can certainly go downhill fast, Oh yeah, um, especially in uncertain times like these. And yeah, we just encourage you if you, if, if you're not even sure if you need help, what's it going to hurt to find out, Yep. you know? I think it's good for even people who feel healthy to talk to someone. So you got Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. If, if, even if it's, yeah, like you said, even if it's for no other reason, just to have somebody to talk to totally Mm -hmm. worth it. Yep. 
So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, um, a lot of our listeners may have noticed that uh, in completely different news, uh, Netflix recently got, I don't know, I don't think for the first time, but again, or whatever, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender uh, showed up the uh the series yeah uh, not not the movie right <laughs> yeah not not anything else <clears throat> uh but yeah that showed on showed up on netflix i think this week maybe last week either way i haven't seen it and my kids haven't seen it uh i started watching it with my two older daughters uh who are eight and five currently and they absolutely love it i wasn't 100 percent sure because they're i don't know they have weird tastes sometimes sure but I've only heard good things about it. So I've been meaning to watch it anyway. And I figure maybe this is something we can bond over. So yeah, we're, I mean, maybe seven, eight episodes into it and yeah, just loving it so far. How many seasons is that? I mean, it's pretty, I want to say three seasons. Oh, that's not bad. That's, that's not, it's really not. So I think there's at least from what I saw, I think there's something like 61 maybe episodes. I, I keep meaning to do Star Wars: The Clone Wars and do Rebels, and I, I really want to do that. But man, that is a, <laughs> that is a tall order because there are that's a an undertaking. Lot, there are a sure. lot of episodes of that to go through. I realize yeah. that, like you know, you're only going to be like doing like twenty to twenty five minutes because there's no commercials. But man, that's still right, right. But still a tall order. Yeah, that's. I mean, even binging something like that is going to take you a while. That's right. That's more than a weekend for sure. <laughs> A, a, a side note when you mentioned avatar it came to my mind is did you know that that there's an avatar game on the xbox 360 that you can get all of the achievements that are for the game because there's like uh, like maybe like five achievements in the game altogether <laughs> for the entire gamer score and you could get those in a matter of like two minutes in the first part of the game <laughs> That's fantastic. There, it's literally tied to like the the combo multiplier that you have or whatever, and you could just sit there and wait oh, okay. on enemies at the first part. I I did that <laughs> when I was like farming achievements back back when the Xbox like back when that was like a thing. So yeah, but anyway, <laughs> just bump your gamer score just a little. If it's only going to take a couple of minutes, why not? Yeah, so that's awesome. Nice. Is that? Was that it for you, Adam? Anything else? Going yeah, on? that's that's the gist of what's been going on with me this week. Okay. So, Bill, what you doing? Uh, well, for me, uh, this last weekend, um, I finally caved and got myself a second screen on my desktop. Danielle was just yes. criticizing how it's set up, but it's the best <laughs> that I can do with what I've got. It's literally yeah, you like might say it's untraditional. It, yes, it's it's at like a ninety degree angle because they're both on two uh, like two the adjacent corner walls. walls. Yes, yeah, where the corners where the wall meet. And then, um, but I, I mean. It's it does the job. I was able. It works well because now it helps me at, when I'm doing work from home, and it helps me with stuff like this. So you could get a corner desk. I could. I and I, that might fix the situation a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that might end up being the uh, solution <laughs> in the future. But um, hear that? She gave me the okay. Yes. <laughs> I apologize for criticizing your setup. It's that, wonderful. I'm you, proud of you. you Congratulations. Do, you'd really don't. <laughs> I. I could take constructive criticism. It's okay. Um, but um, in other news, let's see. Um, I wiped and reinstalled RetroPie onto a Raspberry Pi that I I had 
it for a while for myself, but I didn't end up really using it much because, I mean, I got emulators on my own computer, so there's really not a whole mm-hmm. lot of point. I was kind of dinking around with it, and I got it as a Christmas present one year that I asked for. But I was like, you know, Owen's got a TV of his own in his room now that he plays the Switch on and has a Roku on it now. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna wipe this and get it all freshened up and give it to him so he was like super excited about that so (laughs) it's really fascinating what you can do with such a little piece of equipment i mean like i can put an entire library of games on there you can and not even just like in the like gaming sphere you can also do things i mean people use them for like robotics and Mm -hmm. for like other projects and stuff it's they really are a fascinating little piece of equipment and like if you're like ever like interested in dabbling in like computer programming or any of that, it's really a cheap investment to like start that yeah. because the boards are like they're like 50, 60 bucks. I mean, you'll have to yeah. buy a case and all that. Usually they just come in a kit, but I mean, if you br- if you burn up a board, at least you're only spending, you know, another like 50 bucks to replace it. If you yeah, you're not out like the whole PC's worth, right? <laughs> between, between that and Arduino, um, which I think is a little bit more involved as far as programming and everything, but um, yeah, definitely both good. uh, I guess, well, I mean, beginning up to even advanced coding, um, you know, you can, you can really do a lot of uh, different projects and things with, with, uh, with either one of those boards, check out your local makerspace. Yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Checks in the mail, right? (laughs) (laughs) um and then my my last little piece of what i've got going on um just the beginning stages of it but i think that i'm trying to get a uh a twitch channel or a youtube channel running for Mm -hmm. uh for us as the distant geeks um that you know we can dump some stuff into and and uh you know i might do some gaming videos on there or if we just find something funny that we can make a mashup video of or something that we don't get copyright stricken for (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank god for thank god for facebook (laughs) yeah check out our facebook page um we made something silly yes but youtube didn't like it because of the algorithm but that's okay (laughs) we're we're good but um but yeah, I'm going to eventually get that going. Um, still trying to figure out exactly what I want to do. I'm, I feel like I have more flexibility if I record as opposed to do live streams. So that's probably what the mm-hmm. direction I'm going to end up going. But, but yeah, anyway, we've been running some tests this week for uh, potential net play stuff and yes, indeed. we'll see how it goes. Hopefully yeah. we can figure I mean, something out. Def- definitely after the wired connection, we probably might have some better luck. So yeah, that Anything. should help with, with the uh, massive lag we were dealing with. <laughs> yeah. At any rate, uh, Danielle, what you doing? Same old, same old over here. I'm kind of uh, living in the A, B, C, D method, so it's uh, always baking, crocheting, or dissertation. It's, pre- it's, pretty, much, <laughs> it's pretty much all I do. Um, I have baked so many cinnamon rolls and have so many more cinnamon rolls to make. You would not believe how people freak out about cinnamon rolls. And on the good news front, <laughs> I got the first draft of chapter one of my dissertation turned in today, about nice 12 work. hours before the deadline, so I wasn't quite, you know, didn't have to burn the midnight oil, so that's that. Um, apart from that, when I do have some other free time on my hands, I've been watching a bunch of Netflix, and one thing I remembered, and I mentioned to Bill when we were driving on Saturday, was 
we did this whole episode on uh, guilty pleasures, and I neglected to mention that I watch an embarrassingly large amount of Hallmark Christmas movies. And, <laughs> Easy there, Scott. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> there is this new series on Netflix called Sweet Magnolias about uh, three women from South Carolina, some friends who open a like a corner spa. And it's very uh, Hallmarky, kind of in feel. Not quite so cheesy. They're actual actors who know how to act, but I oh. enjoyed it. So I watched that whole series pretty quickly. It's only 10 episodes. Um, we have been making our way through the Wet Hot American Summer series with Josh. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Have you ever seen that, Adam? I have not. I've been meaning to. Oh. It's on my yeah. growing list, it's, along with the movie. It's so stupid. Like, you start Ooh. with the you start oh, with the oh, movie you lo- and then you there's love this. there's a limited series like the movie takes place on the last day of camp the limited series okay, t- okay. took place on the first day of camp so there's a few episodes uh-huh. of that and then there's another limited series that took place ten years later and it's just oh, it's okay. by, done by the guys who did the state and yeah, it's that, just that it was a mm. sketch comedy show on MTV mm-hmm. in like the early nineties yeah. oh okay um I I don't know if like you know um, some of the familiar names, uh, like Michael Showalter, Michael Ian Black, are you oh, familiar okay. with? So that's Ken Marino. It's, yeah, it's those guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, Paul Rudd in there. Paul yeah, Rudd, yes, Paul and in uh, there. Joe Lotrulio from Joe Lotrulio. Yes, he's yeah. in it. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It is gold, man. Yeah, it's seriously, great. it's great. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that probably got real loud. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's okay to be excited about things. Yes. And then uh, just oh, in, well, the, good. in the background, I've I've had the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt playing kind of for noise while I've been doing other things because you can sort of get the gist of what's happening on that show without paying super close attention. Oh, and sure. It is. I've never seen it before. It's ridiculous. But Ellie <laughs> Kemper is just so charming, just like she was in The Office. She's just, yeah. you know. So pure and sweet and, you know, kind. And <laughs> so it's pretty good. Was, was, uh, was that one of the ones where Tina Fey was a showrunner or creator or yes, something? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah and she so actually just far, showed up on the episode um, that I would She's in played on. two different characters actually already. So really yeah. only already. Yeah. Already so there might in, be more in season two. So there could be more. So mm. I yes. don't know if I've mentioned this. I, I love Tina Fey. I like she's Tina a great Fey. writer, honestly. You know, mm. I I think that, you know, she's not as like careful. No, no. OK, <laughs> no, I think but, he's going to be complimentary. Right. No, it's OK. I, you're, I think you're entitled. I think her opinion. writing, her writing is really <laughs> great and she's great on screen, but she's not as like obnoxious. Yes. She doesn't have like a she's character not, oh, really going on. You yeah. Know? Like Kristen okay. Wiig. I can only take small amounts of Kristen Wiig because there's she's just so big. Right. She and sure. Okay. Yeah. Tina Fey's more understated. Yeah. T- Tina Fey was a really great choice for for Weekend Update, honestly, yeah. because she just mm. plays that straight. She's, she's smart. Kind of role. Like, yes. Yes. That's yeah. it. Gotcha. I was like, okay. Yes. I was like, yeah. I could tell. I was thinking. I was like, no, he's not getting ready to slam her. And I know. I know how Adam feels about Tina Fey. So, <laughs> there we go. That's why. Yeah, there's. Yeah. At any rate, <laughs> <laughs> um, any anything else for you, Danielle? No, I think that pretty much covers it. All right. Well, then that means we're gonna move on to our next new segment. This segment is a little title thing we're gonna be titling. The best, the best, the best. So 
what we're gonna do with this uh, segment is we're gonna um, we're gonna take a couple examples, or we're gonna take a couple um, categories of best ofs that we think are the best of these things. Um, we're gonna we're narrowing it down to two each time we do this segment because it could get really lengthy if we went any further than that. But yeah. um, this this <laughs> we're first... passionate about things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this first <laughs> this first episode or segment of the best, the best, the best. This is gonna be about food. So the... I'm particularly passionate about food. We're, if we're yes. gonna talk about things. <laughs> I mean, it's okay to be passionate about we're... food. It's why it's funny how that's the first thing that we chose. Yeah. <laughs> because wait, what yeah. are we? What are we? Not think? coincidental. Right at all. Near and dear to our hearts. Yes. <laughs> But the first one we're going to go with is best after school snack. So I'm going to go up first. I think that the best after school snack, um, and this is just playing on nostalgia because obviously I haven't been in like <laughs> school at a point where like, hey, I have my after school snack. That and... is not true. He still eats an after school snack. Okay. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Afternoon. Yeah. That's been like. Yeah. 20 years ago almost so um but i went with dunkaroos and ecto cooler so for those of you out there that are not aware of what these two things are because they are not because you're young yes you're young and they're or you're really old than me yes you're or you're really old and you weren't like even you know privy to it maybe you were privy to it as a parent but um Uh, Uh, so Dunkaroos were like, how do I explain it? It's like fun dip with cookies. Yeah, yeah, kind of. They come in like a package where there's a container and there's like little shortbread, like the size of like Teddy Grahams, basically cookies. And there'd be a little compartment on the other end of this container that you just put, you would peel back like a, a wrapper paper on top of it. And one end was... The, the bin for the cookies and the other end was a little container of frosting that you would dip these Dunkaroos <laughs> just in. straight frosting just straight frosting i mean <laughs> i mean they I have those things now with the pretzels and nutella it's really not any I, different i mean okay they also yeah, that's true. they also just sell frosting shots at places too so we yes, just they do. we're, we're just they sell well. we're just we're just getting rid of the cookie medium altogether yeah. we're just Going yeah. straight for the frost. Eliminate the middleman. Let's get real. It's a vehicle for the frost. It really right. is. Right. It really is. But I would get upset. Like, I I always felt like I'd get too much frosting on one cookie or two, and then I would have cookies left over without any frosting oh, okay. for them. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just for the sake of distribution. Yes. <laughs> but the, um, the, the Ecto Cooler, what that was, was a high C flavor. Back in like the early '90s, I mean, this thing had legs. It lasted quite a while, actually. Yeah, it was like an orange tangerine flavor. Um, Can and, you explain why it was called Ecto Cooler? Oh yes, it was because it was named. It was licensed by the like for the Ghostbusters cartoon that was out in like the late yeah. '80s and early '90s. But it's it's funny because like it did have that le- the legs that it did and it's like nobody watched that cartoon in like the early two thousands <laughs> of course but I guess but, people knew the movie so that still yeah worked. well it had if I remember right it had Slimer on the on yep. the juice carton too yep yep so I mean that's a recognizable character right off the bat too so yep I I 
it also I associate Ecto Cooler too, like especially when like High C, like used to come in cans, like <laughs> and Hawaiian Punch used to come in like a can, like you know, like yeah. And I'm not talking like a can, like a a soda can. I'm talking like a can, like like the like a oh like a big like a tomato juice can. Yeah, like a tomato yeah. juice can. It would come in sixty four ounce can. And you'd have to pop it. You'd use the you'd use the sharp end. Of yeah. a bottle opener, you have to open. crack both sides. Yes, so that yeah. you can get a free flow. Have a and, yeah. But I remember that because that that used to be at my grandparents' house, like all the time. We'd have that, and we'd have um, because like they didn't really buy like kid cereal, like unless we were coming for a visit. So rather than like buy a box, they would buy like that, um the fun pack, the variety pack of the Kellogg cereals that come in like the oh, little yeah. boxes. And like, mm-hmm. you don't, you, you, that's like something you don't usually buy regularly. Yeah, that was like, that's rich person cereal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, my grandpa would never buy that for me. Yeah. But I remember that too, but I would always get upset, especially like when I was getting older, because like you, you like open one of those up and put it in a bowl now. And you're like, Two spoons. Of that's, that's like I'm. No, no, you're gonna have to give me another box. <laughs> that ain't it's a baby work. snack. But anyway, that that is my after school snack. Best of, um, Danielle. What do you say is the best after school snack? Okay, well, I'm going to have to divulge a true and sad story, and that would be that I was never allowed to eat an after school snack. Um, hmm. My school got out at 3.20, which is the weirdest time, but that's when it got out. And uh, it was quite a ways from my house, so it was usually close to 4 before we got home, maybe even a little bit after if we had to like stop at the store or something. And since I was raised by my grandparents, and uh, they were older, obviously, being grandparents, we ate dinner at an unreasonably early hour. So <laughs> my grandma would never let me have a snack because she was afraid it would ruin my dinner. Have you ever had a problem with ruining your dinner? Not of- once. <laughs> right? I, yeah, where did that come from? I, I could eat lunch at 3.30 and I will still manage to eat dinner. Yeah, it's going like, to be all right. It's going to be fine. Yeah. So um, if I'd had my, you know, my druthers and could have had a snack, um, it would have been anything that would have been properly served with a glass of milk on the side. So cookies, Little Debbie snack cakes, brownies, that sort of thing. I also oh, remember nice. in, a, in a similar vein, like, I would go and stay overnight at my mom's house from time to time, and she fed my brother and sister a snack before bed every night. And that was also <laughs> not something that I was allowed to do. And so I thought, well, this is the height of luxury, like John Mulaney. So, yeah, no after school snacks, no before school, no before bed snacks. And that's probably why now I just snack whenever I want. Yeah, there we go, right? No. <laughs> That's me. All right, Adam, best after-school well, snack. Well, you mentioned uh, things that are properly served with a glass of milk. Um, in my opinion, it's kind of hard to beat peanut butter in one form or another. Preach. Um, what's that? I said preach. I love peanut yeah, butter. Yeah, word. Uh, I mean, you can you can just do like... The humble peanut butter sandwich, you know, PB and J. I mean, honestly, you can mix with a lot of things, honey. You know, you just go plain can, peanut butter. Yeah, you, you go nuts from there. Um, but yeah, uh, nutter butters, uh, nutty bars. 
Now that you mentioned yeah. Yeah. Sort of snack cakes, I know that's not exactly a cake, but it's snack cake. But that's a little Debbie still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, peanut butter cookies, just, you know, the, the regular kind, or to elevate that a bit, a bit uh, what I consider the pinnacle of home bakery cookies, um, unless you bake like Danielle. Uh, the monster cookie. Like which, with the oatmeal and M&Ms and stuff? Yes, absolutely. I, mean, I would Even agree better, that's a, uh, that's that, is, that is one that you have not done yet. I don't believe. Uh, not recently. Yeah, see, yet being the uh, operative word there. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge accepted, right? I'm, I'm yeah. never a huge fan of M and M's in my cookies. I never have been. Ah, extra points though if you use peanut butter M and M's. Oh, mm-hmm. see that that changes things. Yeah, well, and they, peanut see, butter well, M and M's are superior to Reese's Pieces. I agreed. It's it's a agreed. sad it's a sad thing to have to say, but I'm I'm gonna live my truth. I I think it depends on. I don't want to say one superior to the other. I would say it really depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Do I want chocolate too, or do I not want chocolate too? So mm-hmm. it just really I think depends. the chocolate I is even really opinion, noticeable but... in the M M&M. and M. I mean, yeah, I respect it, but it's wrong. Yeah. So I don't know. I like. I, mean, I, I won't like... go so far as to say it's wrong. I just. Yeah. <laughs> it's an I, opinion. I, I suppose it can't that... be wrong, but I feel like the peanut butter yeah. inside of the Reese's pieces. And, I, and again, it's weird to be. I think it's texturally just because I think it's firmer. It, oh, it's it. definitely firmer. Yeah, I, I like that. No, I'll go with more. you there. It, it's a different experience. See, see what we're talking about being passionate about food. <laughs> well, <laughs> and taking it even further than that, I love Reese's peanut butter cups and I love Reese's pieces, but they have those Reese's peanut butter cups that are stuffed with Reese's pieces now, and I have no interest yeah. in those. Yeah. That, nope. But that's well, just... I mean, you want the pure peanut butter cup experience. Yeah. And Have not... you had the big cup? Oh, your big Those cups are... are the best. The the not like the king size, the big cup. Reese's it's, it's like one the extra cup. thick one. Yeah. T h i c c thick. Yes. T h i c c she <laughs> thick. thick. Cup. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, I really like that one because it's got the extra peanut butter. But... Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Yeah. So. But anyhow, uh, I didn't but yeah, no, hijack you... your. Your best. No, you're good. You're good. Well, that's that's what this discussion's all about, man. It's round table. <laughs> well, it's triangle, but you get it. Uh, but no, you're talking about milk. Um, I have I have a hard time with with just milk these days because I have the intestines of a 95 year old man yeah. these days. Uh, I I have ulcerative colitis. There's a reason for oh. that. Ooh. But <laughs> but I mean. You can't you can't beat it as far as being sort of a solvent for peanut butter. Nope. You know? Oh yeah. Definitely. Can I, can I tell a quick story, really? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Okay. Bill this isn't news to Bill. In fact he probably even knows where I'm gonna go with this, but I don't remember if I told you this story or not, Adam. When Bill and I were dating, I decided one day that it would be fun for us to take a picnic. And so oh, sure. I packed a picnic lunch and I didn't tell Bill I was going to make it a surprise and I got it all packed and I got it loaded in the car and he came over and I was like, ah, we're going to go for a picnic. And we went to the park and I lay out a blanket and I bust out the cooler and everything and I hand him his food and I handed him a peanut butter sandwich because I didn't want to contend with anything that like I had to stress too much about if it oh, didn't sure. get, Play you know, keep yeah. completely cool or whatever. And he looks at me and he goes, I don't like peanut butter. <laughs> and would not Aww. eat the pe- and we had been dating for a reasonable amount of time yeah, it was a while yeah. um and i was dumbfounded because he was the first person i'd ever heard tell me that he didn't like peanut butter 
but over the last couple Whoa. of decades, he's come around. Yeah, I he I think like you know as tastes change, I think I just ate too much of it as a kid or something, mm-hmm. and it just didn't sit uh, well or something. I just didn't care for it, but yeah, I came around. I think a lot of the problem too was that my parents were heathens. And oh, carry crunchy peanut butter. Crunchy <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Did you just? I... Oh, Uh-oh. you like crunchy peanut butter? I love crunchy. Look, peanut butter. okay, oh. it has a place. It oh. has a place. Well, listen, it's okay yes, in dessert. I... It's okay in celery. Don't make a sandwich with it. Yeah, it is a huge pain in the butt to make a sandwich. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I don't dislike smooth peanut butter. I mean, each, I, each creamy peanut place. butter. Creamy peanut butter, I that's like the hill I die on if I'm talking about peanut butter. Like if I'm gonna Fair eat enough. peanut butter, that's what we gotta eat. So but yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just like the little extra texture, you know? Okay. See, I like texture too, yeah. which is why I make my own a lot of the time, because then it has texture but yeah. not so much chunks. Well, what was always weird to me is like sometimes you see peanut butter commercials where and this this baffled me. It still does. Every once in a while, you'd see a peanut butter commercial where people had like the piece of bread. They had peanuts on the bread, and then they right, right, the right. oh, they run the knife over, the yeah, and then it's what smooth the peanut butter. That? That's a gif. That's a gif, wasn't it? Was that a gif so, commercial? It probably was. Yeah, I remember that. Choosy moms are full of crap. <laughs> like, who makes a sandwich like that? Speaking of godless heathens, <laughs> like. What the what the uh peanut one of the peanut butter Twix your favorite Twix? The too? peanut butter Twix was my favorite Twix until they changed the cookie in the peanut butter Twix because now the cookie in yeah. the peanut butter Twix is chocolate and it was way better when it was not a chocolate cookie. Yeah. Agreed. As much as I love peanut butter and chocolate together, that does not blow my skirt up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Okay, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's enough about Adam peanut either. butter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Adam <laughs> might have won just because yeah. he was talking about peanut butter for like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> Next category, best breakfast food, it's peanut yeah. butter. Yeah. We swore it wasn't going to be three hours this time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so the next one is going to be best breakfast food. And um, I'm going to vote that eggs, just eggs are the best breakfast food. Um, mostly because they're the staple of all breakfast foods, in most cases. Um, I mean, you could cook an egg in a variety of ways. You could do hard fried. You could do over easy. You can do sunny side up. You can do scrambled. You can do poached. You can make an omelet. You could hard boil it. <laughs> I mean, there's there, the versatility of eggs in general, I think, is really the winner there. I mean... And they're delicious. Oh, yes. Eggs are so delicious. Mm -hmm. Especially farm fresh eggs. Yeah, we've become egg (laughs) snobs. Well, like, because Danielle's got a friend who's been, like, hooking us up with farm fresh eggs over the last few weeks. Like, I mean, (laughs) we literally, like, she came with, like, four dozen eggs. Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to do with that many? Oh, we managed. Say no. We we managed. (laughs) They're so much better. you an egg in this trying time? Uh, the, several eggs they yeah, cannot their superiority cannot be overstated yeah it's funny because like when when i realized how good they were i was like okay so these eggs that we bought from the store 
These are now the baking eggs <laughs> for other things. <laughs> and the, these are the eating eggs. These are the straight up cook it and eat it eggs. <laughs> But when you get four and a half dozen eggs, you can also use them for baking. Yes. We've we've gotten (laughs) almost eight dozen eggs from her in the last, like, three weeks. Those chickens are are going to work, man. Yeah, they're working. No kidding. Man. How how many does she have? (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure how many she has. She also has a turkey and she has some ducks, and we've gotten eggs from those as well. So Owen and I had fried turkey eggs for breakfast. Fried turkey eggs for breakfast, and they were the bomb. They were yeah. so good. Whoa. Huge. Yeah, Huge. like the size of me. a baseball. <laughs> it's humongous. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, so Danielle, uh, what would you deem the best breakfast food? So I'm going to go with the king of breakfast foods, um, despite the fact that I never actually eat this food for breakfast, um, and that's going to be cereal. Mm. Um, and I'm saying that it's great for breakfast food because it can be a breakfast food. It can be a snack. You can give it to your kids dry to keep them quiet. Um, you can bake <laughs> with it. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the first things you feed your kids is Cheerios. So, yeah. um, like both our boys will not eat. Well, I shouldn't say that one. Josh will not eat it with, with, with milk, milk on it. 17 years old. And Owen he will, cereal dry. but he's, they both still prefer it dry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can have it for breakfast. You can have it for a snack. You can bake with it. I just recently made lemon donuts with fruity pebbles as the topping. And, um, not too long ago I made a fruit loops cake. Um, so it had like actual ground up fruit loops instead of flour and the milk had like been, had fruit loops sitting in it for a couple hours. So it was like uh cereal milk. It's probably the densest cake I ever ate. It was, but it was delicious. It was delicious. Yeah. Yo, so uh, that sounds I'm, awesome. I'm gonna go with cereal, and we go through a lot of cereal in this house. Loads. Okay, nice, nice. Adam, best breakfast well, food. I was gonna say eggs, but Bill got his notes in first, so yeah, I was I also to gonna something say else. eggs. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, that settles it. Uh, no, I. Uh, You're I, welcome. I, thinking, I don't know. I go through a lot of eggs. Also, they're not farm fresh. So, but you need uh, <laughs> yourself a work bestie with some chickens. <laughs> I know. I kind of wish I still lived in Illinois sometimes. Yeah. But they, uh, they, they have chickens there too. <laughs> you just got another right person, right? Yeah, but I don't. There, there are no I don't chickens have in a Iowa. back alley egg dealer. I'm sorry. <laughs> be like no, but uh, <laughs> just be like to your mom. Be like y'all live out in the country. Get some chickens. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah. You can have chickens. In Probably the should. I run a buyer. Uh, no, but uh, so I was thinking about eggs. Uh, and then I thought, ah, heck, I might as well just build on that. Um, I don't, I don't think I've mentioned it yet on the podcast, but I am, I am a big, big fan of what I like to call food piles. Yes. Yeah, and just... that sounds real gross, but um, I love nachos. I love uh, something that, from what I can tell is an Illinois thing. I haven't seen it anywhere else in the Midwest anyway. Uh, the horseshoe. It's central it created Illinois. created in central even. Illinois. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just central Illinois. Yes. Okay. I have a friend okay. who lives in Champaign who's never heard of it. Yeah. That is nuts that it's yeah. so localized. And I was lucky enough to live there for a year yeah. and experience well, and the, it's, the greatness you're of the horseshoe. I'm, I'm glad that you're on board with it because it seems like everybody that comes here from outside, like, and we try to tell like, oh, dude, you got to have a horseshoe. And then they have it and they're like, eh. It's okay. 
<laughs> what? Well, I mean, I think part of it's the marketing too. Like, at least you don't call it something like a garbage plate. Like, I think they do similar <laughs> things in other yes. parts of the country. Like, who in their right mind would? Anyway, have you like in Pennsylvania was... <laughs> they have Scrapple? Who wants to eat? Do you want to eat something called Scrapple? There's a there's one in well, it's... especially once you figure out what Scrapple is, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's aptly named. There's one in um St. Louis that's local. Oh gosh, what's it called? The one that I always get. It's got the eggs. It's got the chili. <sighs> oh, um, is it? Uh, it's not Shakshika, is it? No, it's a different thing. No, I'm gonna look that up and find. Hang on. I'll I'll be able to while while I'm while here, you we're talk. talking about food well, anyway, piles here. You let Adam talk and <laughs> to, you look it up. Well, yeah. To well, yeah. To circle back around, um, my my pick for best breakfast food is kind of cheating because it's kind of slinger a slinger. A, That's what it's oh, called. A slinger. Yes. Okay. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Sorry That's... to interrupt. It's it's like no, you're eggs. Good. You're good. It's like eggs, hash browns, usually like toast or some form of like meat. To like either a um, like a breakfast steak or hamburger, oh, yeah. and then they put and they just top this thing with like chili and cheese, and it's nice. Okay. Oh, oh man, <laughs> it's and good. It's sweet. We keep See, usurping kinda... your talk time, Adam. Yes, <laughs> no, <you're>... no. <laughs> dude. It's a discussion. It's a discussion. <laughs> We're good. No, I mean, and honestly, that's pretty adjacent to where I was going. Anyway, um, the breakfast skillet is the closest thing. Excuse me, that we've got. Uh, around uh central iowa um and that's that's not just an iowa thing obviously that's, right, that's not right. a regional deal but um probably the best breakfast skillet i ever had was actually in mount zion illinois uh basically right right by where you guys live uh it's a suburb of decatur oh yeah uh yeah. there's a uh there's a restaurant called four star diner yep in mount zion and uh they have an excellent uh excellent <laughs> sorry can't talk an excellent uh euro skillet oh, um, that's oh great got, like, now oh. we're gonna have to go there oh, <laughs> i dude. was just gonna say i bet we haven't been because that restaurant was also known as all-star diner back in the day and i bet we oh haven't, yeah i bet we haven't been there in 10 years it's been a while um, but oh, you said euro and euro and now we're gonna go because bill loves a euro oh <laughs> you you must um yeah, but I mean, like like you guys said, it's like hash browns, uh, eggs in there, uh, cheese, onions. Um, I mean, and, and the, you Gravy's can customize it too. I mean, if you want like country style potatoes or something instead of hash browns, you can do that. Or you know, if you, whatever. It's so if it's euro it's a pile one. Of food. If it's the euro one, do they top it with like the yogurt? It's uh, like tzatziki the, instead of gravy, or something? they they put it on the side. Put it on the side. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so it stays cool until it gets to your uh to your table true story though like for euros for me i honestly prefer they have one that they serve at one of the places here and a lot of places do around here that do instead uh, of the yogurt they do like a barbecue sauce oh and it's huh. it's really good so nice i've never tried it like that yeah it's pretty but yeah pretty good and breakfast yeah so, is I mean... basically a breakfast <laughs> horseshoe so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, uh man. really i guess my my best breakfast food is all the breakfast food. Yes. I mean <laughs> put together. If one. one's good, yep. all of it's better. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. It's an excellent Throw something on something else I and approve. put cheese on it. On on the yeah. note of 
breakfast skillets and, and like horseshoes. They they have a place in Springfield that has a really good breakfast horseshoe called Charlie Parker's, and that thing hmm. is bonkers. Parker. Yeah, it's in a Quonset hut. Yeah. So oh, it's a really neat place. For those of you who don't know what a horseshoe is, because we haven't ever really explained that, it is a Central Illinois thing, and it's basically toast, usually a hamburger patty, but it can come with all kinds of different meat. Ham, mm-hmm. turkey, buffalo chicken, all kinds of things. And then French fries and cheese sauce. So it's just like a deconstructed cheeseburger and fries all piled up on top of each other. Yeah. And it's, like an open face sandwich on yeah. steroids. Yeah. Yes. And it's amazing. And if you don't mm-hmm. like it, you're really missing out. And I don't understand. Yeah. If you don't like it, you're wrong. Yeah. Or ignorant. <laughs> you just don't know meaning, that it exists meaning yes. you don't know about yes. it yeah it's <laughs> uninformed i i consider myself a horseshoe aficionado i order it virtually everywhere that i see it on a menu and i can tell you if it's worth going back and ordering it again because yeah. mm. i am a snob if it comes with like canned manufactured mass-produced cheese sauce don't waste your time yeah, you gotta. Oh, no, you gotta be house made. Gotta be house made. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> okay. <So> anyway, <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm gonna have to. Even though I did say eggs, and you guys both were gonna say it, I think Adam still kind of wins because it's everything. But that's it's also not fair that he got to like choose. <laughs> oh, let's just throw everything in a skillet. And that's <laughs> yeah, that was super <laughs> duper cheating. He found the loophole. Don't be salty. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so that that's that concludes our the best, the best, the best segment, and we can't talk about food anymore oh, because we, it takes too. Long. Or we just or we just find a way to fit that into the topic du jour, and that's you yeah. figure it out. We'll just we'll just speed up the uh, speed up the uh, that segment of it. Yes, just you know in post. Yes. So we're like one point two five times the speed. Yes. And you know, we'll slow it back down for the topic du jour. Whatever. I, I would feel like you know what, if if people are half as passionate about food as we are, I think that they would still enjoy that segment. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, yeah, I think it's worth listening to. <laughs> and should you ever decide to travel to the middle of Illinois for vacation, now you know what to eat while you're here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we're moving on to the topic du jour of the week, and that is second verse greater than the first. Um, in our topic today, we're going to each be presenting examples of remakes, spinoffs, covers, sequels, etc. that we personally enjoy. Um, this is, of course, across all media, film, TV, music, video games. We're going to change it up a little bit how we did um, last time, where we all set our entries for each media we're we basically all have decided that we've got ten entries, um, and that could be across any of these media, no no restrictions, just ten. And then um, we're gonna each take a turn with one of them and just kind of go around the circle. So I'm gonna start this off, um, starting this off with a movie um, that, interestingly enough, I do like the sequel more than the first movie. Now, don't get me wrong, the first movie was iconic the pop culture phenomenon of its time and i i do love it dearly i i love the first movie um but i really can't help but love the sequel to this movie um even more and that movie is gremlins 2 the new match 
We told you the rules. Remember the first one? You can't get them wet. Don't let them uh, eat after midnight. What, what if they're eating in an airplane and they cross the time zone? I mean, it's always midnight somewhere. <laughs> you didn't listen. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. <laughs> Gremlins 2, the new batch. Rockin' your way this summer. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, May 18th at a theater near you. <laughs> so I, I know we were not allowed to judge for the Guilty Pleasures episode, but I do not understand this. Okay, <laughs> and, and let me explain why Gremlins 2 is better than Gremlins 1. Because Gremlins 2 is so... They took what was... Because the first one's... I mean, like, if you show that to a little kid, it's actually pretty scary. It it's, is. It's, a, it's, it's definitely a horror film with some comedy. This is a comedy film with some <laughs> horror. I mean, it is, like, straight-up self-aware meta the whole way through. I mean, like, it, it makes fun of itself the whole way through. I. Uh, I, I I'm just I'm gonna throw it out there. This this movie's great, and I know people don't agree with me, and people you know may not, but they can fight me on it. I think that this is a fun. <laughs> it's a fun movie to watch. Like seriously, have you have you watched either of the Gremlins movies, Adam? I haven't, and that's why I've stayed mostly silent. That's <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, I I that that definitely is more art flavor just because you know we were kids growing up when that came out you, you yeah were like two. I, I missed that <laughs> you know that, you know being alive and all that right yeah and that uh, <laughs> it, it, i mean it's definitely worth a watch if you get a chance to do it's it but... super campy yeah hulk hogan's oh, in okay, it well. yeah like <laughs> sorry what hulk hogan? hulk hogan right right like okay just so briefly. like well, again okay. again how meta this movie is like it like there's a scene where something's going on and then it looks like the film like snaps and breaks or whatever. And it's like, then it cuts to like a scene inside of the movie theater in quotes that they're showing it. <laughs> and the gremlins got in the booth and are messing with it. So like the usher goes nice. like, and then it's like somebody's yelling at the usher. They need to do something about these gremlins. So he goes into the theater and taps the shoulder on one of the guys and says, you know, can you, I, I hate to mess with you about this, but can you, can you help us? We got gremlins. He's like, gremlins? <laughs> you think the hoax? You think the grimsters stand up to the hoaxster? And he rips off his shirt. Yeah. It <laughs> it's, it's so campy. And they start the movie back up. Oh, that's, that's nice. the stuff I'm talking about. It, it has quotable okay, parts okay. in it because there is a gremlin in Gremlins 2 who is like the brainy gremlin and he can speak. Yeah. And he wears glasses <laughs> and he smokes a cigarette and he wears a suit. And wow. somebody's asking him, you know, what do you want? And he's like, we want what all beings want, civilization. So now anytime I see like a Civ 5 clip, or, or something like that. I'm like, oh, civilization. <laughs> Every time. Nice. But yes. Anyway, that's I. That's my first entry into this. I, you know, I this, do really you enjoy be ashamed. that film. So <laughs> yes, I, I I'm surprised uh, I didn't think about that in the guilty pleasures that I. But that's okay. That's still better. Um, Adam, what what do you got for your first entry here? Uh, well, there is, um, a band called Roper that was, um, sort of a spinoff of Five Iron Frenzy. 
Um, it had the uh, lead singer Reese Roper for obviously who, whom the uh, band is named, and then sort of um sort of a Ringo's All Star band sort of amalgamation of members of other bands they they came out with one album uh one of the songs on their uh only album was a cover of shania twain's you're still the one and it's very very different have a listen Yeah, so you can tell, uh, obviously, quite a different feel. Uh, sounds like it's about it belongs, twice as fast. Sounds like it belongs What's in the that? American Pie soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that you know, pop, honestly, it, it probably fit right in. Late 90s um, pop punk. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, this, this cover, um, the way I see it, um, I, first of all, I loved that album anyway, but uh, it's called Brace Yourself for, for the Mediocre, which is also pretty great but anyway uh i think it's better in almost every way now if you're a fan of the original and like you know the slow dance romantic feel this is probably not for you um (laughs) this is pretty obviously directed toward a different audience um and there's there's an intro uh to the roper version uh where he just he just goes goes off and says well baby when i first saw you we were at the hippie rock show you called me an ignorant male oppressor and spat in my face because i like meat but the first time i got a whiff of that patchouli you were wearing i knew it was love we think we're gonna make it and then you know it just goes into the song and it's really silly and definitely in the vein of sort of Reese Roper humor, if you're familiar with his other stuff, like Five Iron Frenzy and whatnot. But I think it's sort of endearing in its own way. Um, and yeah, that's that's really, I guess, about all I have to say about that particular cover. I just really like it. Okay, so Daniel's going to put hers up here, but first we're going to play the clip. In the criminal justice system, Sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. <laughs> so, uh, Law and Order SVU, I think, you cannot talk about spin offs or sequels or anything like that and not mention SVU because it has been on for so long. It's been like 20 seasons or 21, something like that. I think it was started before we even got married. Yeah. So, yeah. It's so, it's been going, been going on a long time. Um, although the wind was taken massively out of my sails from watching it when Detective Stabler left the show. Um, and I just kind of lost interest to some extent because he was just such a good character. Um, but he's coming back in a new series which I will absolutely watch. So really, I kind of pulled an Adam here and cheated a little bit because I got a twofer. 
Oh, I'm building a reputation for yeah, myself, so, am I? <laughs> um, so it's based, obviously, off the Law & Order series, and there's always, you know, there's the law components of the police detectives who handle the case, and then the, the uh, or the order, I guess they would be, and then the, the law, and I don't know which is which. Which is law and which is order? <laughs> <laughs> law, <laughs> law, an, law would be like the ADA. Like the ADA, and, okay, and order of the police. That's, there you okay. go. Cause, also, well, I, I mean, think like, that's what Chuck the, Norris calls yeah, his legs. Yeah, well, you call the yes. police, like, Johnny Law, so Law could be the police, too. So this is who, true. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, you've got the police side, and then you've got, like, the courtroom side. And um, I've just always really liked it. It's hard show to watch sometimes, um, but mm. I, I don't think that there can really be a conversation about spinoffs and not mention Law & Order SVU. It, it, and Detective it, Munch on that show has <laughs> been on, like, six different shows or something yeah, like that like, as that character. Yeah, so, like, it, like, made, like, everything... Because, like, I think he was on one show that, like, crossed over with uh, St. Elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, there's the theory, because St. Elsewhere took the, like, was in the... Was basically a... Uh, it was like a, a figment of a, a child with autism as a magic. Yes. So, like, the, the idea is, like, Whoa. all these other shows technically are yeah, as well because they're in the really same universe. exist in the same yeah. universe yes and then you also of course cannot talk about law and order svu without talking about uh ice t yes, yes. <laughs> you mean to tell you mean, you to, mean tell to tell me, me. was holding out for it yeah <laughs> you mean like when someone plays too many scratchy lotteries <laughs> so, too much chocolate cake too and much barfs, it up. barfs it up so yeah lawn yeah, order is just is just he gets it you got it man so yeah lawn uh, order svu is just good stuff and unfortunately interestingly enough um i had to take a brief jaunt to the emergency room today and uh, they Ooh. just turned on the TV, and it was a Law & Order SVU marathon. Oh, so nice. I was like, hey, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not, you know? <laughs> I, While you're there. Yes. Yeah. The, Everybody okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'd been having some issues with swelling and weird stuff going on, so the doctor just wanted hmm. me to go and make sure, like, my heart wasn't freaking out, which it wasn't. Yeah. So that I am yes. just need to drink water and I'm fat. All good. <laughs> I, so. Another interesting piece, um, I... I love, you mentioned about Detective Stabler, and Chris Maloney, the actor who plays him, he is a fascinating guy, because he he He's plays the, like, serious. the epitome well, of straight-laced in SVU. Right, but then he could turn around and do, like, comedy, like it's nobody's business. He is in Wet Hot American Summer. Yes, and he is... Oh. Freaking amazing. Yeah. He's like a Vietnam vet. I gotta see what else he's in, because he looks familiar. Massive PTSD. What was that show SVU. that was on Fox for a really short period? Oh, Surviving Jack. Surviving Jack. I was really it, sad yeah, that that didn't last. It only last, took place for one show. season, but it was like took place in the eighties, and he was like the you know the patriarch of the family, and it was just I mean it was he does comedy. He's sort of like Brian Cranston. He can do comedy and drama, or and he can more do like him, John Hamm or John Hamm. Yeah, yeah, really, really ah, well. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But okay, gotcha. all right. So my second entry. Um, here, this is a song that actually most people will recognize this cover before they probably would recognize the original. And that song is Blinded by the Light by Manfred Mann. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another owner in the night. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another owner. 
little do people know, or I shouldn't say little do people know, probably a lot of people know, but especially because there's a movie that's named after this title now, um, that this song was originally written and performed by Bruce Springsteen, the boss himself. Um, yeah, I, I did not know. Yeah, I and it sounds not a whole lot the same. It's kind of the same, but it's different. But sure, um, definitely not. I don't feel as good. I I just love how fun this song is. It's like every time it comes on, I just like sing along to it, and I and I'm so juvenile because I love it. Sounds like he's saying. Wrapped up like a douche. Wrapped up like a douche. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you wrap him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I that As one. You do. That one's yeah. always a fun one. And um, the Lido Shuffle by Boz Skaggs. Yes, yeah, it's another great song. Is also a fun one from that they era. They remind me of each other quite a bit. Yeah. Honestly. Pretty but pretty similar. Similar in tone. Tone, yes, but. Um, but yeah, that's that's that one for me. Um, Adam, your second entry. Uh, I'm, before we go too far into that, I didn't want to interrupt, but I do want to circle back around to Christopher Maloney. I couldn't yes. figure out where I knew him from. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, no. I have not. Okay. Um, uh, our cousin Bruce actually <laughs> introduced me to that movie. But uh, he is a uh, Chris- Christopher Maloney, not Bruce, uh, is uh, he plays a clerk okay. at one of the hotels in Las Vegas. And I I don't know what, like how that connected or anything, but I'm like, <laughs> I know that face. Uh, that was all the way back in 1998. Well, there you so go. <laughs> just a, just a young pup. But anyway, uh, my second entry is a, uh, a film uh when when i was younger speaking our, of our relatives um i used to borrow movies from our uncle jeff a lot um he lived in lives in marshalltown uh which was really not far you know maybe 15 minutes from the the house out in the country where i grew up um he had a pretty decent vhs collection and uh a film that i'd borrow at least once a month uh in the mid to late 90s was the adams family Love uh the 1991 version um i don't the think he MC had Hammer the sequel about? what's that? Is that the mc hammer rap one yes okay. <laughs> that is yeah. the one. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't think he had the sequel the adams family values so i didn't really get into that until later Do both you know of these adams are really really yet? solid hmm? <laughs> i'm sorry everything comes back to john mulaney I was calling to see if you have Adam's family value. <laughs> Listen, lady. <laughs> uh, no, but for real, it's the both of those are really, really good movies. Um, I I don't know. I know this is this says uh, second verse greater than the first. There's a question mark there. You guys can't see. Yes. I don't know that I prefer one over the other. Um, for the for the sequel um they brought back the entire cast of the 1991 film um adam's family values i think came out in 1993 and for my money raul julia is the best gomez angelica houston is the best morticia and christina ricci is the best wednesday um i think they gave the actor who played pugsley kind of a 
you know, short end of the stick. He really didn't get much character development or anything. He was kind of just there, but um, yeah, they, they brought back all of them uh, for the 1993 Adams family values, plus a few more really great actors, um, Christine Baranski and Peter McNichol as like camp counselors and Joan Cusack as uh fester's love interest i might also mention uh christopher lloyd yeah i was gonna say you could not leave him out <laughs> yeah on. well yeah yeah um played an excellent uncle fester um i think we've got a i think we've got a clip uh we do let me get that out this is from uh this is out this is out <laughs> Sorry, of I forgot to put in the notes exactly where to where to I tried to make it look like an accident. I tried to give you some dignity, but oh no, not you. What do you say? I'm saying I want you dead and I want your money. But, but, don't you love me? <laughs> Is that a no? Do I love you? Look at yourself. You're a nightmare. You're the missing link. You shouldn't be married. You should be studied. You're a big, dumb, weird thing. No woman in her right mind could love you. I love when Joan Excellent. Cusack plays Excellent Joan Cusack. Burn. In every movie, Joan Cusack <laughs> plays Joan Cusack in every movie. Yeah, basically. Yeah, no, this is true. This is true. Uh, yeah, that was, for a little bit of context, that's right after uh, Joan Cusack blew up the mansion um, <laughs> because she was trying to take advantage of Fester for, you know, the Adams family uh fortune anyway uh unfortunately in 1998 uh i feel like they ruined any chance they had at uh, producing a good threequel by recasting everyone except lurch and thing which uh was christopher hart's right hand uh they could afford that apparently <laughs> uh, for the for the adams family reunion which was a terrible straight to vhs flop yeah, uh, it was so bad, in fact, that it never even even made it to DVD for the Dollar Tree special. Oh. Uh, it did inexplicably hit Laserdisc, though. Uh, so it's probably a collector's item, to be honest. Even wow. though it sucked real bad, it did. It. I feel like it had some some promise uh, because, like I said, they they recast all of the um, well, basically everybody. Gomez was Tim Frickin Curry. How yeah, like I, right? How does that not? How does that not yeah. work? <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ed Begley Jr. was in it too, I guess. Oh, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's really all it's all that's worth saying about it. Oh. It sucked. But what? It, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, you know, want to hold that for because we've t- we've we've kind of dabbled around the idea of talking about lost media at some point. So that's definitely an yeah. example. All right. Yeah. So, so once we have our laser disc episode, yes, <laughs> maybe yes. we'll talk about there it. There we go. <laughs> Most definitely. All right, Daniel. I'm waiting for this one. You're up. Okay. So, um, my next piece of media that I'm going to talk about is actually a song, and it is the song "Heroes," um, originally done by David Bowie, and I am comparing that with the Peter Gabriel version of the song. Yes, and this is the Peter Gabriel version. Oh, we. How we can be us 
tell you what um he didn't record that too long ago and he has still got it man yeah he's really mm. good i think i like uh, admittedly my affection for the peter gabriel version is tainted because it features pretty heavily in stranger things which is my favorite television show um it's in a couple different seasons and they they place it perfectly and where they put it is just it's tugs at your heart but i think mm. that um it's almost more mournful the way that he does it. Like yeah. it's, it's, he's longing and yearning for something. And I just, I really like it. And this is not to say that I do not like David Bowie's version because as Adam says, it's a banger. Um, it's, it's a good I don't, song. I don't say it. The kids say it. <laughs> That's what the kids say these days. It's a banger. Um, I say it totally ironically. Yes. yes. But uh, I I really like the I really like the Peter Gabriel version. So. I I I'll, you know what I'll give you at least it's definitely better and it's better than the Wallflowers oh, version. Oh god! Get oh that out no! Of here. Get it <laughs> yeah, out of here! Yeah. Run I, along, Jacob. That's, that's we don't a, need that. That's also another band that I just <laughs> I I loathe. I can't I can't do the Wallflowers, man. You don't like the one huh. headlight? Oh, I, t- too many times, man. Too many times I heard it. All right. Uh, um. So, my next entry is a video game. Um, so, back when I was a kid, one of my favorite games on the NES was uh, the original Metroid. While this was a really good game, um, you know, it really introduced, like, you know, ex- it was basically like if you took Zelda and you're like, hey, I'm going to make this into a side-scroller instead. So, um, it's yeah. It, yeah. Basically, it was instead of, you know, top down, it was side scrolling and you had a gun instead of a sword (laughs) and you look for things to get to other places. Great game. Um, But there were some serious flaws with the original, um, particularly that there wasn't a built in map system. So if you wanted to keep track of where you were on this sprawling map, you either had to draw your own map bust out the graph paper man yeah or you had to like resort to guides um mm-hmm. nintendo had like an official guide with several games in it before they had nintendo power and this was in it or you could you could call the hotline oh yes you could call the hotline the 900 number and get tips too although that probably wouldn't be like hey where am i <laughs> you could yeah. really, you know you'd spend that's so much get you. They that, make that's you pay how, yeah per minute well it was it was particularly bad because like not only did you not have a map but like a lot of the corridors and stuff in that game look the same (laughs) so it's like yeah it is easy to get lost um Mm. you couldn't aim diagonally um you couldn't duck you could only do the morph ball and you you noticed these flaws even more as later installments um particularly super metroid which is one of the best games ever um you see where the flaws are in that um Thankfully, Nintendo actually gave these flaws some attention and fixed them in a remake of the game um, called Metroid Zero Mission for the Game mm-hmm. Boy Advance. I won't even play the NES version anymore because I could play this one. 
It's yeah. so much better. It features some like you know cut scenes and things like that. Um, you don't have to farm for health pickups. You actually have like recharge stations to refill your health. You have an in-game map system. You can aim diagonally, and it actually adds some bulk to the game too that wasn't in yeah, the original two. Content. Yeah, so gives it some extra life too and makes it longer. But um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like as far as the game goes, that's definitely a, a prime example of a remake that's definitely better than the original. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, mine's not really a direct sequel. Uh, mine's also a video game for this round. Um, where I'm at is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Um, I think is better than ocarina of time i know that's not you know necessarily an opinion that everyone shares and ocarina of time was groundbreaking um and a classic obviously but i feel like um the plot of majora's mask is i think more unique um certainly darker and more intense and i think deeper um, it's, I think it's much less formulaic than, um, you know, the, the, the Ocarina of Time. Okay. Collect these three MacGuffins and then go to a different world and collect seven more MacGuffins. Right. Uh, you know, that's, that's, I mean, obviously there's a lot different between Ocarina of Time and, uh, the Super Nintendo, uh, release, uh, Link to the Past, but obviously there's, there's some similarities there too. Um, but yeah, back to uh, Majora's Mask. The side quests are great. Um, you really get to know the people around Termina, uh, which is the uh, area that it's based instead of Hyrule. Um, the time travel mechanic is killer. Um, I feel like I I don't know of any games that did it beforehand. Um, where your entire uh your entire game takes place within three days, yeah. and you know, not far into the story, you get the ability to travel back in time to the it's beginning like, of the first day. It's like the Legend of Zelda down. Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then um, transforming into different characters with uh, with the mask system. Obviously, you know Majora's Mask. There's a whole. There's a lot to get into, but um, yeah, just the ability to transform into completely different characters with different skills and abilities is just plain fun. Um, true, true story i've never given this one a fair shake um it's worth it i think the um, issue was was that it came out late in the n64's life cycle um yeah and, and i i kind of put the n64 to the side because i got a playstation and like sure. just dedicating all my time to that at the time and then that and coupled with the like i don't I'm the opposite. I don't really like the idea of being on a clock and like, sure. Like that kind of pressure. I'm like, aside from like, okay, Mario, where there's a timer and you got to get to the end of the level, but that's a different story. Yeah. Where it's like, that that persists through, throughout all the different games, basically. Right. But if, but if I'm like exploring and and like having to do things and then I'm on a clock, it's like, mm, I realize that you keep things when you travel back in time but mm-hmm. oh i don't know i yeah i, no, I should give it a fair try i really should at some point 
I mean, I think it'd be worth playing at least a little bit, you know, just to, to see if, um, you know, maybe uh, a few years down the road, you know, where we're at now, if it might be something that's, you know, that's worth your time. Um, I think it is. I know that there was a, a remake on the 3DS. I haven't played it personally, um, not having a 3DS. I've heard really great things about uh, both that and the Ocarina of, uh, excuse me, Ocarina of Time uh, remake for the 3DS. Um, you know, just graphical upgrades, obviously. And uh, I think there's additional content, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Just never really uh, figured that out. Not really um, having access to it. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to come back to that sometime after I've uh, gotten a, a chance to spend some time with it. But yeah, that's, that's definitely my favorite uh, entry in the Zelda series um overall yeah but okay. yeah cool that's, cool yeah <laughs> all right danielle what's your uh what's your next one so i also am going to go with a video game um, hey so i don't play video games all that much but when i do i enjoy games that like have mini game components that sort of thing. So, mm. like Mario Party and stuff. Like she's that. a fil- she's a filthy casual. I, I, <laughs> well, and we have discussed on this podcast that I am an impatient person, and so I need to see results like relatively quickly. Or sure, like, I'm I'm not gonna sit down and play an RPG for weeks and not in it for the just, long haul. I'm just not. It's just not understandable. How I work. Um, so the game that I am talking about is uh, Rayman Raving Rabbids. And I love uh-huh. this game so much. It's so ridiculous. Um, if you haven't played it, it's a bunch of mini games with these bananas little rabbit characters. You jump rope, you toss cows, you slam the doors of porta potties, you <laughs> trace food with your Wii remote to try to get the rabbit to eat it, and it like has a little attack and slams its head on the plate. It's just all manner of stupid things, and it's equal parts <laughs> frustrating, funny, and fun. I like I'm laughing and morbidly angry at the same time. So yes, <laughs> yeah. I I I too enjoyed the game. Um, I I think it was probably a pretty solid title, like toward the beginning of the Wii's life cycle for sure. So hmm. that one and uh, coupled well with Wii Sports, of course. I still love oh, sure. playing Wii Sports, but. Um, so my next submission here is a film and it is actually a sequel to a reboot. <laughs> oh, meta. Right. Big. Um, you know, while the Cape Crusader has had many interpretations across film, it's really difficult to argue that this is not the best of Batman's attempts on the silver screen. Mm. Um, so winning Heath Ledger, a posthumous Oscar for his portrayal of the Joker this is the Dark Knight. It's a funny world we live in. On July 18th. Here tonight's entertainment. Can you avenge evil? Where is he? And not become it. <laughs> All part of the plan. Dark Knight, Witty PG-13, in theaters and IMAX, July 18th. Dude, I... That... It, it really goes as a testament to show, because, like... It's really hard to follow that movie up. Uh, follow yeah. up. Because, I mean, like, Dark Knight Rises was not as good. Um, 
you know, any other attempt at Batman since has not been as good. Not that Ben Affleck was a bad Batman, but different. Yeah. That, that universe was a flop. Um, Mm. I mean, I will say that Joker was really good. Um, and yes, it was. Yeah. But I mean, again, when you're taking that different approach to the Joker as a character, I think that that's what makes the difference there. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is, and please forgive the pun, a weird bird. Just, uh, I enjoy the pun. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Uh, I think he's, he's just weird enough to where, well, I don't even know if weird is the right word. I think he, he gets into his characters enough. Correct. He's a very method actor. Yeah, and you can obviously tell um, that Heath Ledger did that too, um, and I think that's what makes a good Joker. I um, I joke Jared Leto. I joke with Josh that the la- the the last two Jokers in film have won Oscars because <laughs> <laughs> we just we just ignore Jared Leto. I remember when they very first showed like a photo of Jared Leto as the Joker before the movie ever came out, somebody tweeted and they're like, so we can all agree that the new Joker vapes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um, Yikes. Danielle has yet to see Joker. I don't think I can watch it. Yeah, it's, I think it's because it touches on mental health a lot. And I think that that, it does. And and I would say, I would say more than touches. Yeah. Yeah. And as the, you know, I have my own struggles because I, I have issues with anxiety and a little bit of depression too, but the real hard Mm. part for me is like our oldest son has a lot of issues that he struggles with and like having lived through that with him, I like, hmm. We joke a lot that I'm kind of a robot because I'm not a very emotional person, but I'm a very empathic person. And this is true. so I get very heavily invested in things. And so I just, I think it would be hard for me to watch. So I, yeah. I've steered clear. Yeah. So. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I, I think that that's a perfect example. I love the fact that I could use a sequel to a reboot. <laughs> it was great to be able to put that in there. Yeah. Yeah, but, it fits in perfectly. <laughs> moving on to a little bit of levity, uh, what was your next entry, Adam? Uh, my next entry is, whose line is it anyway? Um, the American version, which uh, was sort of a spinoff of the British version, and uh, the current version, which um, Aisha Tyler is currently the host, um, versus the original, well, not the original, the original American version, uh, hosted by Drew Carey. Um, my favorite iteration is uh, with Drew Carey as the host. Yep. And while this current incarnation is is growing on me a little, um, I feel like Drew Carey just had better chemistry with the cast. Yes. Um, you know, and I I don't have a problem with Aisha Tyler. She's great on Archer. She's great in her own, you know, different ventures and everything. But I don't know. Um, yeah, J- Drew Carey just had his own kind of rapport, I think, with um, with the especially the recurring, um, you know, cast. But also, you know, he just I don't know. I, I feel like he played better 
in the space. Who was your personal favorite as far as the fourth chair goes? Because obviously we had Ryan Stiles, Colin Mockery, and Wayne Brady in the other three. Um, I mean, I'm pretty partial to Greg Proops. Yeah, he was um, good. You know, I mean, he might as well have been the fourth chair, uh, just almost as much a regular as as the other ones. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, that's probably who I'd I'd have to pick if for nothing else but the voice. I like Bradshaw. I, I like Bradshaw would a lot. Yeah, I think he, he did was. a oh, like, yeah. man show with Colin Mockery. Yeah, and that's pretty good. Was pretty good. Oh, of yeah. course, my you know sounds in my system go through this too. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like, uh, like I said, um, those, I think those four personally, yeah. uh, would be my favorites. I mean, obviously Ryan, Colin, Wayne, have you ever seen there? There was, there was an episode where, wasn't it Robin Williams sat in the fourth chair for an episode? Yeah. And he was like bleach blonde, I think. Oh yeah. He might've been, I wonder if that was around the time that he shot that one hour photo movie. Cause I knew he was, Oh, maybe I bet that's why maybe he might've been on there more than once too. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I haven't, haven't uh, seen every episode, but yeah, I know that he was on there at least once. Um, and while we're on the, the subject of guest stars, um, I, I do have to say there, there were some pretty solid moments when, um, Oh, the sweating of the oldies guy. Um, Richard oh, Simmons. Richard Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he was on for an episode as sort of a guest star. Boy, that was uh, <laughs> that was really something. I, I would encourage you guys, uh, listeners, and uh, Bill and Danielle to look that up. Uh, Richard Simmons, who's lying. But um, I don't know. I think it's weird uh, on the current series when they do guest stars because I think um, that's sort of a uh, that sort of cross promotion between shows is kind of the CW's thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you see a lot of their, you know, their actors on, on their um, drama shows and stuff showing up on who's line. And one, I don't watch the CW for the most part anyway, but I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. But they actually pick and, people for the guest stars to be like actual, like improv actors in most cases for the original yeah. show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe guest stars isn't the right word for for the people I'm talking about, but yeah, they just they kind of have them on there for like one or two games, and really just kind of to be there, yeah, as a body rather than you know somebody actually like for the most part actively participating. Yeah, like make up the songs about this person. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. they're just there to be there. Like, oh yeah, I I'm on what is it like dynasty or something is on the cw now i think yeah <laughs> yeah uh, the times which speaking of reboots i don't know about dynasty so we'll Me leave neither. that but anyway uh i think we've got a clip yes. from uh from the drew carey yes right yes yes okay um just because a, a most popular segment that they usually did was seeds from a hat i decided let's just pick mm. one of those real quick classic unfortunate wedding night confessions <laughs> Or just, <laughs> just use your own if you have to. <laughs> um, I'm Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly what we were talking about, though. That they would just yeah. like mess with him all yeah, the time. Yeah, I like how they routinely would crap on each other. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, not literally. Yeah. That'd be weird. Yeah. But <laughs> no, they would, <laughs> no, I mean, they, they would, uh, you know, make fun of Drew Carey, uh, make fun of Colin for, you know, being bald and all that. Yes. That kind of thing. Many, many a um, time, you know, yes. it's, it's nice that they had that sort of rapport with each other and with the host and with them and all that. It's, I don't know. I've always loved his line. Oh yeah. So yeah. All right. Your fourth pick, Daniel. Okay. My next pick is a sequel to a movie that is absolutely fantastic. But to me, the sequel is even better. And uh, that is Mighty Ducks 2. A team losing its games. A coach who's lost his direction. I'm out. But there are memories he can't let go. My dad told me that his happiest times were watching me skate behind our house. And a friend who won't give up. I told him you were a man who loves the game. So be that man. Now, all he wants. I was wrong. And I'm sorry. Is one more chance. We came here as a team. And we're leaving here as a team. Emilio Estevez. D2. The Mighty Ducks are back. Rated PG. Starts Friday. When you hear him, yeah, just in audio, you really can tell that he's Charlie Sheen's brother. Yeah, you can. You can if, not, <laughs> if you don't look at him. Um, the interesting thing about that clip is that it, it it's so Gordon Bombay heavy. Like, the movie is all about <laughs> Gordon Bombay, and the movie isn't really all about Gordon Bombay. Um, but the Mighty Ducks series is what spawned in me my lifelong crush on Joshua Jackson. He was my first. <laughs> He was my first celebrity crush. He played Charlie Conway. I loved him in Mighty Ducks. I loved him in Dawson's Creek. I loved him in Fringe. And I was super excited last night when I was watching The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and he showed up as a cashier named Purvis. So I <laughs> I have loved Joshua Jackson my entire life. Um, in uh, D2, the Ducks compete in the Junior Goodwill Games and... Uh, they play against a particularly brutal Iceland team with um, a captain by the name of Gunnar Stahl. And interestingly enough, in Mighty Ducks 3, the Ducks go to a prep school to play junior varsity hockey for the school. And the kid who plays Gunnar Stahl plays a member of the varsity hockey team. So two separate characters in the Mighty Ducks universe <laughs> played by this same kid. Um, and Mighty Ducks 3 is unquestionably the weakest of, of the series, but I still like it. So who is that guy? Tina Fey. Yeah, right. I gosh, and he was on a TV show on like that NBC Saturday morning stuff with like Hang Time and Saved by the Bell and California Dreams. It took place in a New York City school, and I cannot remember the name of the show, but he was like the main character on that show too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Mighty Ducks Two is a huge, huge movie that a uh, favorite movie of mine. I just. Even all these years later, I really, really like it. So, okay, nice. Um, so my next entry. Um, so another song cover. Um, I really enjoy. Um, this one actually came out just months before the death of its singer. Um, recorded in November of 1993. This is Nirvana's cover of the David Bowie tune, "The Man Who Sold the World." <laughs> Probably one of my favorite songs by them. 
Um, mm. Also, for anyone interested in diving deeper into the death of Kurt Cobain, I would definitely recommend watching the film Soaked in Bleach. Um, mm. You're going to see things in a whole different light if you watch this movie. Um, the Seattle Police Department is absolutely and completely inept. Oh, yes. Um, mm. And uh, it's free for Prime <clears throat> members if you happen huh. to you know have a you know spare hour hour and a half i think it's not very long but definitely give it a watch i i would definitely recommend it especially like they they kind of break down like the scenario of like if he shot himself with a shotgun and like how he was positioned in the room and how it would be suspect and everything it it's mm. interesting so definitely definitely worth a shot um, I can't believe you're going to do this to us, Adam. Yeah, I can't believe I'm you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Nirvana, um, here's a really, really bad Nirvana cover. <laughs> so it's horrible. Puddle Mud. No, it is not supposed <laughs> to be funny. How many times I've listened to this is, since I've like, learned about is it? Is it supposed to be serious? Yes. Like yeah, this, it like, was. This is that was the, recorded for Sirius XM. No, it sounds like he's taking a really painful dump. Oh, oh, it doesn't just sound like he's taking a very really painful. Dump. You oh, should yeah, watch. You uh, watch the video. It gonna, looks like it too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, that was like, um, the way that, that he, was the lead like, singer of Puddle of Mud. Yeah, like. Yeah, Puddle of Mud. Like, a professional band that, Is that the you blurry know, people? Huh? Is Puddle, of, is Puddle of Mud who does blurry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, I never know so who sings anything. More than, more than likely, if you're listening to this, you've probably heard at least one Puddle of Mud song. It doesn't normally sound that bad. No, it's just whining. Um, I really... Right, okay, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would really highly recommend watching this video for as long as you can stand it. Yeah. Um, just if nothing, if for nothing else, but one, the looks on his face, uh, but also the looks on all the, I don't know if they're session musicians or if they're actually other members of Puddle of Mud. I don't know, but they just, the rest of the musicians look like they're strongly reconsidering their life choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I couldn't keep a straight face if I was in the same room with that. I mean, I can't keep a straight face. I just and, don't know what the and, guy was thinking because I think like he gets like you could just tell that he's like contorting his face to do things a certain way when he's singing it. And it's like just sing the yeah. song, dude, and you'd be in key. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Goodness. and yeah, like it hurt. one of the best parts too is like at near the beginning he's just got this real determined look on his face, like I'm gonna nail this, and then he just. <laughs> <starts> <laughs> Hard he tried, it, guys. Imagine if he was just phoning it in. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, imagine if he weren't trying. Well, when you first told Yikes. us about this, it ha it didn't resonate with me that you were like telling us to watch it because it was trash. I oh, thought, yeah, it's hot. I garbage. thought like 
you actually enjoyed this and so they're playing bill and josh are playing it and i'm like what is wrong with adam <laughs> yeah no uh no, no. yeah but yeah. but because yeah, uh, I, I, I think i mentioned it in the last episode yeah um <laughs> yeah. i mean hey that video's getting tons of views i mean yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's it's viral in it's all a, it's the a worst new ways. renaissance <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yikes! If that's where we're headed in a renaissance, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, moving on to a moving, be- on. moving on to a better song. Well, da- I Danielle? guess it would depend on who you ask. Someone out there loves this, I'm sure. Puddle I love it, but his, not because it's no. good, right? His mom is probably really <laughs> proud of it. So, oh, oh boy. <laughs> this is, this well, is, I mean, considering he's in puddle of mud, she probably is proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is actually a really fun category for me because honestly, four out of my top five favorite songs of all time are covers of someone else's music. So, um, it was a little bit hard for me to narrow some of this down. I deliberately didn't mention Hallelujah from by Jeff Buckley because even though I'm mentioning it now, so I really am undoing all of the work that I just did. But Anytime somebody says, tell me a cover that's better than the original, that's what everyone always says. So I was like, that's we're not. Is that the one that was in Shrek? No, no that's, that's Rufus, Rufus Wainwright. I don't remember which one was in Shrek. Yeah, that's that's Rufus Wainwright. Um, gotcha, okay. So um, my next pick is the song Jolene, originally done by Dolly Parton, which again, I really like because it's Dolly frickin' Parton. Dolly Parton! Yeah, how could he not? Who is a national treasure. Um, even if you don't like country music, which I, in general, do not, you're allowed to like Dolly Parton and I'll Garth Brooks. I'll take famous titties. No, for... stop. <laughs> Dolly Parton. The penis might have. You had, to bring, you had to bring it up. So, anyhow, um, the White Stripes did a cover of this song. And the only thing I've ever been able to find is actually a live recording of it. Um, which I think is probably what Bill's got here. But um, I love them both, but this one um, by the White Stripes is a particular favorite of mine. Where's the place the screaming part? It's the same kind of thing with the Peter Gabriel Heroes thing. If you listen to it from the beginning, it's it builds up to that. Yeah, you just yeah. start with Jack White screaming, Jolene. Um, again, it's mournful. Like, Jolene by Dolly Parton. Like, you know, I'm begging of you with your green eyes and red hair. Please don't take my man. But she doesn't seem real serious. And uh, <laughs> Jack White is sort of like, leave him alone. So I just, I really like uh, it. Right. It's a different spin that it's like yeah. a dude singing it too. So are you yeah. much of a white stripes fan, Adam? Uh, sort of a casual white stripes fan. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's with me. It's like this and, you know, maybe a couple other things as it comes on hardest button to buttons. All right. You know, just hit or miss yeah. stuff here. I, I just haven't gotten into them, you know, like I've, I have wanted to, um, I do want to say that they, they do have a, a pretty sweet, um, record label and uh, record shop down in Nashville called third man records. Um, that was pretty sweet. Okay. If you're in Nashville, definitely recommend okay. going yeah. there. But, I mean, that's like not that far of a drive, really. So, Yeah, I think it was like 
five six hours something like yeah. that from from Decatur. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a bad drive. No. Yeah. All right. Um. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. If we segues are the way of life here. Um. Mm. So moving on, my next example is actually another video game. Um. From my from my kiddie days, my childhood. Um. I've been a fan of Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, both of those series, since they were actually introduced in the West. I played the first one of each of those on the NES. Um, Really great games in their time on the NES. But again, suffered from lots of different flaws. Um, First off, like, there were just... It was unbelievable the amount of grinding you would have to do in those two games. Mm. Um... Particularly Dragon Quest, like it would just takes forever. Um, another flaw was enemy targeting flaws. Like for instance, um, if you had multiple party members uh, target the same monster, if mm-hmm. that monster died at the hands of one of your party members in that turn, then the next party member, when they would try to attack, rather than it just move to the next monster, would just be a miss. Like you would just lose. Yeah, it. the AI had some yeah. things to be desired. Um, yes. Um, Dragon Quest, you had to like actually access the menu for everything. So like you had to like click the menu, cho- choose talk, choose stairs if you wanted to go upstairs or oh, downstairs. Man. Little things like, it's like that. Point and click style. Yeah, almost. Um, but then they finally, you know, they they would do like different. There were lots of different remakes of both the and I'm just going off the first one of, of each of these series there were mm-hmm. remakes um, on many different platforms for either of these games um, particularly um, there was one on the SNES for Dragon Quest 1 and 2 but that didn't make it in the west um, I, I would say probably the best choice at this point is if you have a mobile phone you can get these games off the mm. off of like you know the Google Play Store, or the uh, Apple App Store. You can pick them up for like I think either of those two first games are like five bucks or less. I would definitely pick them up off there. Um, Dragon Quest they finally cut back a lot of the grinding, made monsters worth more experience and gold, <laughs> so you yeah. wouldn't have to do as much. Um, yeah, and, and same thing with with Final Fantasy and they fixed some of those different flaws. Um so yeah, I mean I would definitely pick those up as a remake. Um I I always prefer when they, you know, just give a game a fresh coat of paint and like fix some of the flaws rather than like let's not reinvent the wheel here, let's just, you know, make this more accessible for yeah. um for a newer generation. Cuz like if they went and played this now you, they would like they would not enjoy it <laughs> by any means. So, yeah. but yeah, that was that's my sixth entry. Um, Adam, yours. Um, this isn't exactly a hot take, but uh, the American version of The Office is much better than the original British version. There, I said it. Got it out there in the open. Yeah, not not really a hot take. <laughs> no, um, I think most uh, people who have seen The Office are probably going to agree with me. I haven't watched all of the British version to be completely fair. 
full disclosure there. I haven't watched an um, episode of the of, of the original British version. So I watched there's that. I watched the pilot. Um, and to be fair, the pilot of the American Office wasn't like, you know, wasn't nearly as good as the Office ended up getting anyway. No, I watched. I started uh, the watching whole first it season. The whole the first season, I was like, "Do I just not get this? Like, I don't understand. This isn't that." Yeah. Good. Well, like I I came to it honestly. The the first time I watched The Office was just a couple of years ago when I lived in Illinois, because uh, our good friend Joey Wagner, uh, big Office fan. Yeah, yeah. Highly suggested that I watch it, and I think Parks and Rec, and anyway, mm-hmm. some other stuff. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I I came into it, you know, pretty late, um, well after it had finished its its TV run, um, but yeah, I I don't know, just the the American version just absolutely rules anyway. Um, I want to say I <laughs> I can't stand Ricky Gervais. Um, I think he's a polarizing figure. That's, yeah, uh, that's fair. You know, <laughs> that's that's a mild you know? statement. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of not very hot takes. Yeah. Um, sort of a love or hate kind of I, thing. I don't understand I don't... how the guy got invited to be the host of the Golden Globes over and over again when people complained about him over and over again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a huge dick. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I understand that that's like, honestly, it, I'm sure that's probably part of the allure and for after people who the, like him. But after the second time that he comes in and he alienates 95% of Hollywood and infuriates everyone watching the show and you invite him back, yeah. that's on you. Yeah. That's on you now. Uh, you, yeah. You know so, his shtick. I mean, so. and that's part of, that's part of where I'm at, I guess, with the British version too. So there's, there's, um... Uh, I don't know if prejudice is the right word, but you know, I've got feelings about Ricky Gervais. And there you're we go. Allowed to um, have feelings. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> but no, just the, the, the people over here on this side of the pond just did it better. They did it longer. I think I, I want to say the office, uh, the British version was only like one season. So I, I think, yeah, I went to Danielle yeah. and I asked her, I was like, Okay, I need to find a clip for from the office. It's like thirty seconds. It's really good, and she yeah. just said this immediately, and it is this. <laughs> bros before hoes. Why? Because your bros are always there for you. They have got your back after your hoe rips your heart out for no good reason, <laughs> and you were nothing but great to your hoe, and you told her <laughs> that she was the only hoe for you, and that she was better than all the other hoes in the world, and then. <laughs> then suddenly she's not your hoe no mo <laughs> bill, bill has not really watched the office and and i am a super late adopter here to the office i probably only started it i don't know six months ago or something like yeah. that um, it's, it's definitely after I took my new job in marketing because I, there's a huge, a girl, uh, who used to work in our office who was a huge fan in marketing and she's the one who turned me on to it, but he did, he, <laughs> he pops his head in the kitchen. I'm working and he's like, I need a 30 second clip from the office. And I just immediately was like, bros before hoes. And so he, he came in here and he played <laughs> it and he cracked up and he's like, yep, that's it. <laughs> so, that's a winner. <laughs> Solid choice. Yeah, yes. So. 
All right, Danielle, uh, your sixth entry. So in full disclosure, I have never seen the original of this movie, but the remake is great. It's family friendly if you're looking for something to watch with uh, the kiddos. And that is Father of the Bride. Um, it hmm. stars Steve Martin as the father, and I'm a big Steve Martin fan. I just think he's funny. And uh, it's all about trying to plan a wedding for his daughter. It uh, features Martin Short as a ridiculous wedding planner named Frank. And Frank has uh, <laughs> a, a sidekick, a, a helper, an assistant, played by B.D. Wong, back to Law & Order SVU. sees from that show. Mm. Um, and it's just really funny because you watch the typical Steve Martin shtick where he just downward spirals <laughs> into insanity as things start to go wrong and he gets stressed out. Um, there's this one particular scene in a grocery store where he's going to buy food and he's like, going through and taking hot dog buns out of bags and someone from the store comes up and asks him what he's doing and he's ranting about the fact that hot dogs and hot dog buns come in different counts and that's ridiculous and he's trying to (laughs) even the score a little bit and he gets in trouble. Excuse me, sir, what are you doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I want to buy eight hot dogs and eight hot dog buns to go with them. But no one sells eight hot dog buns. They only sell 12 hot dog buns. So I end up paying for four buns I don't need. So I am removing the superfluous buns. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, sir, but you're going to have to pay for all 12 buns. They're not marked individually. Yeah. You want to know why? Because some big shot over at the Wiener Company got together with some big shot over at the Bun Company and decided to rip off the American public. Because they think the American public is a bunch of trusting nitwits who pay for things they don't need rather than make a stink. Well, they're not ripping off this nitwit anymore because I'm not paying for one more thing I don't need. George Banks is saying no. Who's George Banks? (laughs) Me! (laughs) <laughs> he, he winds up in jail <laughs> for, for real the, though that's such a that's such a dad hill to die yeah, on yeah. yes and well and he's very upset because he's you know he's getting ready for his daughter's wedding and with the the wedding planner and all this other stuff and the food and renting the church and paying for the flowers this wedding breaks down to 250 dollars per person who is attending the wedding and so and they have a list of like 487 people or or something like that for this wedding so they're looking at this like hundred thousand dollar wedding or whatever and he's just like losing his mind so (laughs) he's he's like i'm not paying for these buns anymore so that's mine that's what it's a cute one and there is a there is a uh, sequel father of the bride part two where his wife and his daughter both wind up pregnant at the same time so it's another chaos ensues chaos ensues they talk about naming their baby after Frank. And his wife is like, you want to name the baby Frank Bonks? So it's pretty, it's pretty funny. But, okay, so my next entry is also a movie. Um, Again, first movie in this series. It's a good movie. But we're going to get real here that the second entry of this franchise is what made the franchise a household name in the early 90s. And that movie is Terminator 2. Um, you know, it's definitely a piece of the zeitgeist at its time, and it also birthed the trademark catchphrase that we always associate with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, that is this one coming up in this clip. Affirmative. No, 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 no. 
gotta listen to the way people talk. You don't say affirmative or something like <laughs> that. You say, no problemo. And if someone comes off to you with an attitude, you say, eat me. And if you want to shine them on, it's hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, <laughs> later, one. And if someone gets upset, you say, chill out. Or you could do combination. Chill out. What? That's great. <laughs> You're getting it. No problemo. <laughs> yes. So that was Terminator 2. Um, I really like this movie. It was definitely all the rage um, in the in the early 90s. Um, right down to the Guns N' Roses song that, that played in it that you would, you would be mine or you could be mine. That was a really good one. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I... It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it. Ter- Terminator 2 is like, like if you're like thinking of just like action movie to watch, that's definitely, definitely a good choice. And you just get so many really great iconic, like Schwarzeneggerisms. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all the all the different things. Like, it, sorry, my my horrible. Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. <laughs> I think everybody has a horrible Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone everyone does. Does. Who's yes. your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> I know it's that's not, not from Terminator. It's but... not a tumor. He's not yeah. a tumor. <laughs> yeah, everybody has a Put really... Put cookie down. <laughs> everybody, everybody has a horrible... We can do this all night, guys. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Everybody has a horrible Schwarzenegger. Everybody has a horrible Christopher Walken, too, I think. <laughs> but... Anyway, maybe we'll I, just do an episode on on terrible impressions. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> anyway, but yes, that was uh, my seventh entry. Adam, yours. Uh, mine's also a movie that um, at least two of us love. I'm pretty sure all three of us. All three. Uh, oh yes, Scott yes. Pilgrim versus the World. Yay. Um, as uh, as a spinoff of the graphic novels, which uh, I feel so bad, but I still haven't uh, made it all the way through. Yeah um just it's on it's on my list been busy you know yeah. but I'm, uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be you love it i'm gonna be forgiving that this is scott pilgrim but i i wasn't in yeah we were trying not to include adaptations but that's okay because it's scott pilgrim so we're yeah i i'm not the only uh, pedantic yeah. jerk in the house i didn't catch that i'm sorry I said i'm not the only pedantic jerk in the house <laughs> hey i mean I'm I'm a pedantic jerk also. So <laughs> um I, I I won't go too far into it because uh that that would be a conversation that would last all night. Could yeah. do a whole but, episode uh, just on Scott If you Pilgrim. haven't seen it, um see it. Yeah. I yeah, I can't I could again, we could do a whole episode on Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We so, could. Seriously. Yeah. Um, it's taken a lot of restraint from all of us. Yes. <laughs> to a- keep it short. On a good note, though, did you have you seen that they're actually, I guess, showing it in theaters for the 10th anniversary? I did not see that. I don't know how that's going to work because are theaters even going to be a thing in the next couple months? (laughs) I think as far as being able to go to one, but (laughs) yeah, probably not at AMC because they're mad. Oh, that is a universal film, actually. So, no, it won't be shown at AMC theaters. So, yeah, right. Yeah. I, Does truth, it count for ones that were released ten years ago, or is it only upcoming? I wonder. Bum, 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 yeah. True story. I <laughs> didn't know what this movie was when I went to go see it in the theater. 
Like I, yeah, neither did I. I was I like, really oh, it's with the you know, novels. it's a, it's a Michael Sarah movie, and okay, and yeah. we just happened to just like be out on a date, and we needed to go see a movie, and we chose that. And then when the Universal logo uh-huh. comes up and it's in pixels and it's like chip tune. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? And she's like, yeah, this is like and a then video. It starts with like the Zelda sound. Yeah. Intro. I'm like, yeah. Daniel's immediately like, hooked. Yeah. Daniel's like, this is a, this is a video game movie. Didn't you know that? And I was like, no. And then, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well and there were, um, there weren't a ton of people in the theater there when we went to see it, because this is definitely a movie that gained its following after it came out on video yeah I yeah and but i was like the only female in the theater who had any idea what was going on because like after he vi- fights matthew patel so the first x and he turns into coins and he's like "Ooh, coins and i'm like giggling <laughs> all of the other girls are like what is going on like they had no clue yeah so i was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i just uh, felt pretty excited no, I mean, that i knew and built it it's what it was yeah yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's great. The soundtrack's great. Score's great. I, I think um, some of the tunes were written by Beck, so yeah. that's cool. I All think... the sex babam music, yeah. I think, was written by Beck. And the Ramona song. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. too. Great cast. Um, who I think a lot of them uh, sort of were more unknown at the time. Um, we mentioned it, I think, in the last episode, but uh, Brie Larson um michael sarah had sort of you know he he had built up his career before that yeah um in a lot of ways uh may whitman is in it uh brandon ruth ralph superman okay okay yeah we we don't Uh, chris evans chris evans anna kendrick yeah yeah anna kendrick freaking uh kieran culkin is in it um and i mean just an all-star cast um the gal from parks and rec Aubrey Plaza. Oh, well, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, 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 yeah. How did I forget that? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Just though. So, yeah. Go rock, watch it. Rock solid. Rock watch solid. it again. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Moving on. Yes. All right. So I mentioned this show in the last episode, and that is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, mm. I loved Sabrina the Teenage Witch when I was younger, and it was on, was it on like TGIF? I think at the tail end. Yeah. Um, and I really only started watching that because Melissa Joan Hart was in it and I was a really big Clarissa explains it all back fan back in the day (laughs) when it was on Nickelodeon. Um, this Sabrina is on Netflix and it's super dark. Um, it stars Kiernan Shipka and one of her aunts is played by Miranda Otto from Lord of the Rings. Um, but it probably should be dark considering it's about witches and worshiping the dark Lord and all of that stuff. And they, they reverse everything. Like if they get really upset, they'll be like, what the heaven? And that sort of, <laughs> and that sort of thing. So um, it is, it's, it's really, it's, it's dark. It's different. It takes place. I mentioned this last time um, in the same kind of, um, gosh universe as riverdale um because it takes place in greendale which is a neighboring town and they talk about they Mm. go over to pops which is the main restaurant in riverdale because they wanted to get burgers and milkshakes um there's not been a crossover yet but i am here for it when there is um so it's a it's a 
pretty good show. And it's one that I can watch and not feel quite so bad about, even though a lot of the characters are in high school because it's a little more mature than some others. Yeah. Mm. So. Okay. Moving on. Um, so um, I, I do have a couple other cover songs, and this is one of them. Um, and these ones that I've done are not like really like widely spread. Like they're, they're more popular on like the YouTube scene or, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they, they, you might find them on like Amazon music, but it's not like, you know, a major record release. These are just covers by some groups that I, I particularly like. Um, Foo Fighters are one of my favorite bands. Um, but Word. this, this cover of their song, best of you is a really unique take on the tune. They kind of just stripped it down to just vocals and a piano. And um, this is Voice Avenue's uh, version of the song. I needed somewhere to hang my head without your news. You gave me something that I didn't have but had no use. I was too weak to give in. Too strong to lose My heart is under arrest again But I'll break I actually found this one because Danielle and I were talking about, like, a lot of times, like, on American Idol, because this was, like, back when we were still kind of watching the show, like, they would do, like, different, like... Stripped down versions Yeah, audio, you know, they would come up with different arrangements. So I was like, you know, and Daniel was like, it would be a really good rendition of best of you if they just kind of chilled it out and did that Mm -hmm. and um so i was just kind of looking it up and i happened to come across this one on youtube and it's really good this group actually does a lot of really good like acoustic covers of songs um there's one of journeys faithfully that i really like that they do and stuff they're they've got you know quite a following on youtube and i i like their stuff i'll have to check that out i've I've never heard of them but yeah that was that was a good cover. Yeah. I like that. All right, Adam, yours. Um, I have, I, I had a lot to say on this, but I'm going to cut it down a little bit um, because there's a lot to say. I'm going to go with the second entry of a trilogy here. Um, it took me a long time to get into this series because it was tough to get used to. Uh, it's a video game series. I should mention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was tough for me to get it, get used to the controls and play style at first because I haven't played, hadn't played anything like it. Um, but once I actually got in mass effect was pretty great. Um, Bioware, uh, one of the companies that, uh, that <clears throat> was uh, behind this series um, is really known for compelling storylines and great storytelling in their RPGs. Um, they were also behind the dragon age series uh, Knights of the, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, um, which if you've played, you know, just absolutely fantastic lore and everything. Um, but it really wasn't until Mass Effect 2 that, at least for me, things really started to blow kind of wide open, both in story and gameplay. Um, I haven't played Andromeda, and that's why I still, you know, kind of re- refer to this as a trilogy. And I th- I'm pretty sure that Andromeda, Andromeda is sort of its own story. Uh, obviously in the same universe but um i think uh mass effect 2 is is the best of you know the trilogy at least mass effect 1 2 and 3 um we we meet some of the best characters uh morden solace especially i i don't know if you've played mass effect bill but 
um yeah just you, you really have to kind of get into it to 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 know i think uh i guess to to appreciate what i'm saying about it right but, i i um, have not played the mass effect series surprisingly enough it's just one that i never ended up picking up i think a lot of it's probably for the same reason you took a while yeah. to get into because of the like, controls and stuff like that and that that might be it and again it's yeah it's another one of those games especially now in my life that it's like i just don't i don't have time i don't have time That's for it's it 30 is big yeah i don't have time for 30 minutes of cutscenes before i really start playing the game i don't have time yeah. for 15 minutes of tutorials before i really start playing the game i just i i just want to put a game in and be able to really be playing it within like the first like 15 minutes and i mean like yeah not, then the <laughs> mass effect is not for you <laughs> yeah i i that's that's why like it is a time investment for sure i, I didn't play kingdom hearts 3 for that very reason because it's like i first yeah. of all i hadn't followed the series like since the second one on the on the playstation so like i would be so lost because they're all connected so well that and this with kingdom hearts just within a with within one game just the story is so convoluted and right. twisty and yep you have and all to that have. that it's hard to keep track of just within one game but once you've got like six or seven offshoots from different platforms and yeah um that's that's kind of goofy and don't get me wrong mass effect is is a complex story also and there's yeah. you know different characters and it's i mean it's if you're really into lore heavy games um then you know this this might be right up your alley but um but with mass effect 2 um kind of circling back around the combat's tight um you know they they made some improvements over mass effect one's sort of clunky system a little bit um the level up system i think is just about right um it's 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 a lot of like skill management that kind of thing so if that's your bag cool if not um you know again maybe it's not for you but um i think they simplified that quite a bit in mass effect 3 um which sort of limited your your ability to build your character the way you want but that's you know i don't know i personally i like you know skill management things like that um i love dungeons and dragons yeah <laughs> and obviously there's there's quite a bit of customization there and yep. you know that's it, it's it's similar in ways not not, um, not to go on too wild of a tangent but i i do also like skill building i really i i i'm a fan of game breaking skill building like oh yes min maxing is yeah is fantastic like <laughs> i i i i break skyrim so hard <laughs> when mm. i play it because mm-hmm. like you can like you could farm your sneak skill to like the highest level so fast in that game and yeah. do things like that. But anyway, yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I, I tend to play sneaky <laughs> characters anyway, almost, right. almost anywhere in an RPG. If you can, if you can sneak, that's, that's it, man. <laughs> but anyway, we, we could go yeah. too far into a rabbit hole with this. So I'm just oh, going to, yes, that'll be a different thing too. We're gonna We've cor- got a lot of different yes. <laughs> topics queued up. We're gonna course correct, and we're we're gonna get yeah yeah 
We're going to get Danielle up for her eighth. Okay, so I'm going to head back to the movies for this one, and I think that the remake of this movie is probably more, more well-known than the original is, and there's a good reason for that, and that movie is Cape Fear. He paid his debt to society. And what was he in prison for? Now. Come out, come out, wherever you are. I want you the hell off my property! He's paying back his lawyer. Do you have a daughter around 16? 16? What? We got the psychopath in our faces. Big ladies. Shut up. I mean, who knows what's true and what isn't? From director Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Nick Nolte, Jessica Lange, Cape Fear, rated R. Exclusive engagement Wednesday. Starts Friday everywhere. You want to so, talk about Rob De Niro and one of his freakiest. Yeah. This trailer does not match the movie at all. Whoever cut <laughs> that trailer should lose their job. Um... It's it sounds like almost like actiony and not very serious. This is a serious psychological thriller. Um, Robert Ooh. De Niro. This is like peak Robert De Niro for me. Like, yeah, he, I wow. mean, he's just, right around like Goodfellas and everything yeah, too. Yeah, it's it was 1991. It's a remake of a movie from 1962 starring Gregory Peck and Robert Mitchum. And actually, those two gentlemen were in this movie as well. They played different roles in it. One of them played nice. a, an attorney, and one private investigator or something like that yeah, i can't remember like um but um max katie is put in prison for sexual assault and um he gets out years later and basically starts stalking his defense attorney and his family because he doesn't believe that he was um represented to the best of the attorney's ability which turns out he was not the attorney kind of threw the case because <laughs> he wanted him in jail because what he did was so brutal and so terrible. But he follows them and um, pretends to be a teacher to get to know his 16-year-old daughter and all sorts of things. And uh, it's it's a major thriller. It is a Martin Scorsese movie. We just watched it with Josh a couple of weeks ago, um, who for a long time refused to watch any Scorsese movies because of what he said about basically Marvel movies being garbage. And so yeah. he decided that he was not going to entertain Martin Scorsese whatsoever. But then he watched Shutter Island, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was. And um, all of a sudden is a major Scorsese fanboy. And so <laughs> Bill's like, let's watch Cape Fear. And Josh was like, oh, I don't really want to. And he's like, well, it's Scorsese and Robert De Niro. And he's like, well, I'm on it. Yep. So um, it's, <laughs> it's a great movie. It has a baller score. The music is perfection. Um, it's just, it's really good. And no matter how many times I watch it, I'm still on edge the entire time. Yeah. All right. So. so my final film entry is actually a prequel. Um, so I enjoyed the first two movies in the X-Men series. Um, mm -hmm. The third movie in X-Men Origins Wolverine, which came after that, though. Um, yeah. were certainly not so great. <laughs> um, I, I will say, though, that Fox, Fox did manage to uh, redeem themselves for a little while, for a little while, um, with this next entry, um, and that is X-Men First Class. Now, mankind will know that mutants exist. Summer blockbusters don't come any better than this. You're X-Men. Next thing you know, I'll be going bald. <laughs> <laughs> X-Men First Class. PG-13. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this. I'm surprised you didn't go with Logan. Uh, mm, I don't really count that. It's really weird. I like that movie, but 
but I hardly count it as an X Men movie. Yeah, because it's, it's so, so different. different. Yeah, it's like um, an X Man movie. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> it doesn't even feel like a superhero movie. It feels different. Yeah. Um. No, I liked I liked this one, and I really liked Days of Future Past. Um. Also, which came after this. Um. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse was not really great. I haven't even seen Dark Phoenix yet. I'm... I watched Dark Phoenix. Um, it is not award-winning cinema, but I don't necessarily think it was worth the hate that it got. Okay. Um, but I really am interested to see what Disney's going to do with these characters. You know, now that they have control over them. I, I, they just need to kind of reboot them and kind of find a way to get them into the yeah. MCU, in my opinion. Um, I know there had been, like, a lot of people, like, kind of asking and, and hoping for Taron Egerton for for uh for Wolverine and I could he's supposed hmm. to be short, right? Right. I could get Yeah, I yeah, could, yeah. I could get behind that. So but yeah, I'm yeah. I'm interested to see what'll end up happening with that. But all right, Adam, your next one. Uh well my last two are <laughs> um both musically based. Uh they're a little uh a little more open-ended um than you know just specific covers or or anything like that um i think that for this one at least sometimes uh mashups and sort of weird remixes in the uh in the vein of say neil cicerega um and if, if you're familiar with him you'll know what i'm talking about um uh the, I, I feel like mashups especially can be greater than the sum of their parts um and here's kind of what i mean we've got a clip here That's an um, interesting groups like collection of songs to put together. Yeah, Easy like Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think it's the Commodores, and then obviously yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Kiss. Um, there's um, the the guy who uh, released that one, and a lot of other similarly strange uh, combinations is called DJ Cummerbund. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. Uh, I, I think he masterfully combines very, very different songs, different genres, clearly, um, and somehow finds a way to insert some sort of quote from Macho Man Randy Savage in every single video, uh, mostly, mostly, mostly to great effect. Cream of the Um, crop! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is there a snap into Uh, a Slim Jim? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I I would almost guarantee it. Usually, it's just a "Ooh yeah." But <laughs> speaking of terrible impressions, I think we've all got a, a yeah. Pretty, everyone's got a macho. Rise to the top. Bonesaw is ready. There's a really great one called Shaxicula, uh That uh, 
it's it's like this impossibly catchy monstrosity is really about the only way i can describe it 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 combines love shack by the b-52s toxic which is the best britney spears song hands down no question uh an, another hill that i will die on maybe we mm. should just change the name of the podcast to hills we would die on yeah <laughs> uh and then and then rob zombies dragula um it's it's worth it give it a shot you won't be disappointed back on britney spears though it that's a pretty low bar anyway <laughs> well i mean yes toxic <laughs> is a good song yeah okay yeah Okay. Yeah, it is. If he had said the best song was "Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman," we may need to rethink yeah, yeah, our maybe. podcast. But yeah, I'll, I'll allow toxic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that. Yep. <laughs> All, All yours. Right. Speaking of songs, here. so uh, the "Sound of Silence" by Simon and Garfunkel has been a favorite song of mine for a long time. I just mm. I don't know what it is about it that I like, but then I heard the disturbed version. Um, it's so haunting and the guy's voice, he has a range like no one I've ever heard. So that's what we're going to listen to now, I believe. Really is a good cover. Have you heard their cover of um, Land of Confusion? No, I haven't. Because really Land of Confusion too. creeps me out, just in general. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched the video and now I don't, now even the song creeps me out. There is a video that I've seen on several uh, pages on Facebook that's circulating um, about the pandemic. And it's just panning through cities like New York City, Tokyo, San Francisco all these just huge cities that are just bustling all the time with completely empty streets, no one outside as a result of the pandemic. And then this song by Disturbed is, you know, playing in the background and it's just really, um, it's something to see. So Mm. I would encourage you to check that out. But yeah, this is a, this is a great version. I think a lot of Simon and Garfunkel songs kind of sound the same. Yeah. It's kind of, that's a little fair. And this, so yeah, what, Scarborough Fair. Ah, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're, you're gonna get boxered for that one. <laughs> anyhow, that's me. Back to you, Bill. All right. So my final song is a cover. It's by a duo. They're better known actually for comedic songs, and the lead singer of the group is also actually one of the members of the Game Grump. Game Grumps. It's a Let's Play channel on YouTube. Pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Ninja Sex Party, <laughs> hit, hit, <laughs> comedy duo name. Um, this is yeah. their cover of uh, Pink Floyd's "Wish You Were Here." So, so you think you can tell heaven from hell, blue skies from pain? Can you tell a green? 
the veil Do you think you can tell True story. I am so glad that they came out with these records that have the covers on them because I love Dan's voice. It is like just like velvety smooth and just it is great. Um, And it sounds this song honestly is one of my favorite songs, Um, Mm. but I I kind of like this one a little bit better. I think his voice sounds better than than David Gilmore's does um, with it. And I also think that the addition of the piano part that's in this actually really fits well the only flaw yeah. that i have with this one is that they didn't do any harmony in it and i was like mm, it kind of needed that i felt like they could have done yeah done that but other than that i think yeah really solid one of the cool things about uh ninja sex parties cover albums um they're called under the covers uh so far they've got volume one two and three yep um i think one of the cool things is they they don't just do straight covers on most of them they do like alternate arrangements on a lot of them and i i think on a lot of them the arrangements are better than the yeah. original um i really like their cover of uh pour some sugar on me yeah um you know not really a huge fan of the original but i don't know nsp i don't know that one does it for me yeah the um they it actually started because they didn't do the albums first, but they did like a cover of the last unicorn. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of where this like kind of spurred off from, I think uh, is where it came off yeah. of when they did that video. Cause it like blew up and it was actually really good too. So, but yeah. yeah. And I think, um, sorry. Well, <laughs> one more thing while we're on that subject, um, Dan, uh, Avedon, I think is his last name. Yeah. He used to be in a band a long time ago called sky Hill. Um, they had a, uh, a, a really good album called run with the hunted. Um, I'd suggest giving that a shot too. I know it, it's not a cover or anything, but okay. just while we're on the subject of Dan. Um, and speaking of uh, people who are known for their comedic songs, uh, my last one is weird Al. And I know, I know it doesn't technically fit into the category, um, but I think it's remake adjacent. Yeah, I think so. So, <laughs> well, much so like bear we, with he me. allowed Scott Pilgrim, you can always yeah. find room for Weird Al. Yes, definitely. right. Yeah, um, he is one of the most talented, hardworking, and respectful artists ever. Um, I had the the opportunity to see him in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and I I think 2015, uh, whenever his Alpocalypse tour was was uh, you know going around. Um, during that show that's the only one i've ever seen so far um i hope to see him again sometime but show was over two hours and i swear he he had a costume change like an entire costume change for almost every song he's been doing that the whole time because i (laughs) saw him on the alapalooza tour oh sure um, and same thing costume change yeah like all the time on song yeah and it's not like oh he's gonna wear a mask for this one or he's gonna like change his shirt or something no no this is entire he could go from like he he goes from like full like muppet looking uh peacock to uh like the the suit from the movie or the the, uh the music video fat yep like the entire fat suit yep like and it takes him maybe five minutes max to change a costume it's it is a well-oiled machine 
Yeah, you wouldn't think he's like 60, almost. <clears throat> but he also sorry. makes um, a cameo in Wet Hot American Summer, by the way. He does. I'll be danged. <laughs> well, all right. That's it. That I'm sold. Do it. He's sold. As does Michael Sarah. Yeah. Michael Sarah's yeah. in there, too. Well, geez. But anyway. But so anyway. he's doing this two-hour show, right? Yep. Before the show, he does a meet and greet for VIP ticket holders. After the show, for another probably hour and a half, after he's just done this exhausting, you know, multimedia song, dance, everything. For another hour and a half, probably, he sits on the steps of his tour bus and signs autographs and takes pictures. Just just a class act. Stand-up guy. While he was sitting down. But but yeah, anyway, um, for another probably... I don't know, uh, hour and a half after the show, um, you know, he, he signs autographs, takes pictures, just makes times for his fans. And, uh, that's, that's something to respect, I think. Um, and he's been doing it for what? 30 plus years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Long time now. I mean, the whole thing, I think since he was a teenager, right. He started, he started Dr. Demento and all that shortly before, I think I guess like, as far as like, on like actual records and stuff like he was right yeah. before i was born so almost 40 years really yeah i mean he's, he's been around for you know my entire life your entire life yep um what i think is cool too obviously he does like like direct parodies of songs which he always asks the original artist if he can do which he doesn't legally have to do right but he he respects the i mean obviously he respects the original artist because he's not like just you know i mean it's it's one thing if you're parroting an artist and and just talking crap about him or something you know but the fact that he he and his band take the um the time and and make the effort to make it sound just like the original yep is is huge um We'll, we'll play a clip here of one of his more uh, famous or infamous parodies. Yep. Yeah, and I mean the line I always think of when I hear this song, right? (laughs) But I mean, I think this is one of the one of the very few examples where the original artist, uh, in this case Coolio, who did Gangsta's Paradise, um, actually had a problem uh, in one way or another with him doing a parody. I. I don't know exactly what the deal was. I think there was some miscommunication between agents and between, you know, different stuff, but long story short, thankfully um, by now, Coolio has sort of squashed that beef. Um, Just, you know, I think he's mentioned in interviews, he's, he was young and cocky and should have just let it go. And he's cool with it now. So, you know, I mean, I think as a parody artist, you got to kind of toe a line. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Um, 
Weird Al rules. And that wraps it up for me. Okay. And bring us home, Danielle. Okay, so the last episode was all about our confessions. But I'm going to make a confession here that is going to land me in more hot water than anything I said in the last episode. (laughs) And that is that I just don't love the Beatles all that much. Um, I am not discounting their contributions to rock music. We have a friend who, uh, for the shelter-in-place order, has done like a bracket tournament of the greatest rock band of all time, and they won resoundingly. <laughs> and, I thought, or did did they win? It was down to them and Queen. Yeah, I, know, I think the Beatles which is did. probably Ooh. fair. Um, yeah, but um, you know they they have done a lot for for music. And I'm not discrediting that in any way, shape, or form. But they're <laughs> just not my favorite band in the on the planet. But uh, Joe Cocker did a version of Come Together that is one of my favorite songs on the planet. Um, I heard it originally when we watched the movie Across the Universe, which is just all done Ooh. in, you know, Beatles songs and all of that other stuff. And uh, I think there's just like a, a roughness and a kind of a gravitas in Joe Cocker's vo- voice that just fits kind of the mm. strangeness of the song perfectly. So. He wear no shoes shine, he got toe jam football, he got monkey finger, he shoot Coca-Cola, he I just I like it so much. That's awesome. Than original. So <laughs> yeah, I I think that's a pretty good cover of that song for sure. Um, it, which is funny because Joe Cocker also covered uh, a little help from my friends. Yeah. For, yeah. For the Wonder Years. So Wonder Years, yes. But yeah, definitely a great one. Um, but I think that wraps it up for us, guys. So um, I definitely enjoyed doing this. I hope that you guys enjoyed doing this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. Yes, I, I, it's funny. I think I think we went over just for the fact that we spoke about food for so long. too much peanut butter talk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but that's okay. Listen, I'm so sorry. I talked about <laughs> peanut butter and food piles. We opened, we opened the door. <laughs> yeah, but um, Adam, do you have our uh, contact info pulled up? I do. I do. Um, again. We, uh, for, for the several week, uh, in a row, I don't think anybody's called our, uh, Google voice number or text us or anything. I was um, hoping with the video, maybe somebody would call it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> made. Um, <laughs> check out our, I, I know we plugged it a little bit before, but I'll go in a little bit more detail. Check out our um, Facebook page. We talked last episode about, uh, yacht rock and, um, and do shit music. <laughs> um, <laughs> I made I made sort of a mock infomercial in the style of the Time Life Music Collection um, for the uh, the Pure Douche Collection. Check it out. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, you can reach us uh, by text or voicemail at eight zero Big Geeks. That's eight zero two four 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 three three five seven. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Distant Geeks. Uh, or distant geeks podcast you'll find us there uh twitter at distant geeks podcast 
Um, like Bill mentioned earlier in the episode, we are trying to uh, to build our uh, Twitch and or YouTube presence. So some, look for us soon there. Get some multimedia going on there, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're trying to be multifaceted um, as a brand. Yes. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, check us out. Uh, you know, we, we want your feedback uh, and constructive criticism. If you like us, great. Um, leave us a review, I think. Yeah. Uh, you should be able to do that. Um, I, I'm not hundred percent sure if we're on Apple podcasts yet. I don't, I don't think we've gotten that notification yet, but nope. we certainly are on uh, Google podcasts, Spotify. uh, podcast addict, I think stitcher, Spotify, anchor, uh, you know, most of the big ones. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, check that out. Um, I think we're, we might be looking to do an Instagram. I, yeah. um, I think so. Uh, so look for that in the, uh, in the future as well, but yeah, where we're most active right now is Facebook for sure. Yeah. Um, out outside of the actual podcast itself. So, yes. um, so yeah, check us out and, uh, leave us reviews. Share uh, us. <laughs> yeah. Share us please. Um, our, our listener base is I think steadily growing, but we'd like it to grow faster. So if you like this, um, yeah, share it with your friends, share it with your family. We we try and keep it mostly clean. So it's yeah. you know, I'd say PG. Yeah. PG PG you know, maybe maybe don't share it with your elementary school children. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we like to we like to think that we're um mostly family friendly. Yes. <laughs> but so. anyway, yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um this is Bill signing off for myself, Adam, and Danielle. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Distant Geeks podcast. Have a great week. Take her easy. Bye.